to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 82. Woo! 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 Yes. Woo! <laughs> two. 82 is the magic number tonight. Woo rhymes with two. Roo rhymes with two? <laughs> Scooby-Roo? Oh. <laughs> no, I meant, Kelly I meant woo, woo, but I think Kelly who? Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let's get on with the show. I'm Dave Z. I'm, <laughs> I'm Christian over here Lucieni. With... Oh, and I'm Grimsby. Yes! <laughs> You're not Dave Z. You're crazy. Oh, <laughs> what? Wow, that joke is lazy. <laughs> Just like my eye. <laughs> that would be so awesome if you had a lazy eye right now. That would be great. Just right now. <laughs> Just just at that exact moment. I don't want you to have to deal with it on an ongoing basis. Just for for the sake of that joke. Wake up, I. The new Pennywise. Can't can't, can't the new Pennywise make his eye go lazy whenever he wants to? Yeah, I've heard of a lazy eye, but that thing's collecting unemployment. (laughs) (laughs) I I heard that. I always liked that joke. Boom, 1982. We're taking it back. This is a big, this is a first ever show of this particular uh, what's the word I'm looking caliber? for? We've done caliber, I suppose. Okay. Variety? Well, variety. Magnitude? Okay, variety. Magnitude. All, all of the above. Okay, fine. Girth? Always girth when Size? I'm involved. Size? Yeah, yes, please. Yeah, all that good stuff. But the thing is, we've done these shows before, but not this particular style. We've done the 1981, The Year in Horror. We've done 2007, was it, with Watson? Yes, Hell of a year. Okay, we chose that ourselves. Now this is a Patreon perk. This has been chosen for us. This time we're absolutely going to do 10 mini-interviews. Interviews. <laughs> nice. And how are you tonight, Poltergeist? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> 10 mini-reviews and a bonus review, which is not 1982, but... It's, it's a Patreon perk. We're on it. But we're doing it a different style this time. This has been picked by uh, Christine Strau. She has picked seven movies. She has let us pick three. And we're going to talk those ten movies all from 1982. What a time to be alive. It's so weird that, that, we, that we managed to pick ten from 82. Isn't that weird? Why is that yeah, weird? It boggles my mind. Yeah. Yes. Freak me out. Right. Christian, don't get it. I don't get it. I, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> It was kind of like when we do the thing with 22 Shots, and he says, okay, coming up next, that movie from 1982. You know, it's that, that, yeah, That's why I'm that's, confused, because I, I fucking tune out that joke each and every that, time it's said. Hey, that caliber of joke. Yes. Let Christine, me ask you. I know. I got to bring up Christine. You're going to the joke territory here. I'm still talking about Christine. I was going to ask a legitimate question. Okay. Like, no, oh. go ahead. Bring up Christine. I love Christine. I want to talk about I love Christine, Christine too. And Christine you said too. this is when she worked. I think she was still in the driving area era here this is when she worked that uh drive-in and these movies were playing and she loved them it was a drive-in yes. right yes it was a drive-in i and i she made a post not too long ago in the group page about uh one of the movies she was watching she hasn't seen it since the drive-in so yes that that ties in yep now what bullshit so, did you want to say there grimsby um out, out with it oh no i wanted God. to ask about because we did this we did these films with with uh 22 shots it's true. When but, we did when we did our 82 show, and I wanted to know if you guys actually saved your notes from that show. Yes. Okay, because I am in the habit of throwing away all my notes after. Never, show. never delete. How many delete times? All? But I, I don't, I don't nothing. delete. Look, I have, I have two, three reviews online and eight on paper. 
Oh, well, you have paper I'm, notes. I'm like a mad scientist here. I can't even understand half the shit I write. I'm, t- I'm so slow on the phone. He is a mad scientist. Look at that fucking hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. He does. He looks like, um, oh, what the hell was that guy? Oh, there was a cartoon. It'll come to me later, but... Everyone always tells me I look like uh, Al Lewis. <laughs> it's just funny. Whenever they post a picture of him... Grandpa? Yeah, Grandpa Monster mm. with a smile on the widow's peak and shit. Do you was... remember South Park? That guy, and he had that little guy with him. He was a scientist. You know what I'm talking about? He had a little guy with him, and he had a strange name. I'm a real casual South Park guy, so... Kevin was the little guy's name. Money, well, maybe you don't look like little Kevin. I could be completely off. <laughs> Maybe you look like the guy from Bugs Bunny cartoons, that scientist. Either way, whatever. Maybe somebody out there knows what I'm talking about. Either, or maybe way, you know either way, I look like some scientist. <laughs> some scientist. Like maybe maybe Alfred Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> maybe him. Okay. Before Come we on, get... see? Why aren't you laughing? I called him Alfred I was looking, Einstein. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was looking. <laughs> oh. It was a I good did... joke. I was looking to see if I had my notes. I just have my ratings for the show. Oh, okay. So, so you'll, be, you'll be quiet this show. I have the notes, and I watched the movies again, as I often do, but it was a little bit easier this time around because I had three or four movies with the notes saved, so I was cool. So I was like, okay, this is going to help, and I'll just add a little bit here and a little bit there. So it did make it uh, a better experience because, you know, when you have some notes already written, it makes it easy, and I never erased notes. I got stuff going back to 2014 in here. That's awesome. I should really start doing that, but to be honest yeah, with you, I feel like from when we started the show, which was the first time I – actually started taking notes on movies because there was no need to before that right. my note taking has gotten worse really? i feel i feel like i'm constantly writing down everything i feel like i get done and i'm like i literally just wrote every scene like we're not talking about every scene here no we're not all you gotta do is like pause it and then make an observation and move on that's it and there's that's gonna be do. some uh, absentee films because thank you yeah is that a good segue into what you're probably wanting to say? That's a wonderful segue. I have it all right here. Yes, the, there's going to be some big-time films that you're not going to hear about here. And the reason is because Christine was smart enough to know uh, movies that we had already ha- have covered in this podcast. So some heavy hitters you're not going to hear about. And we can tell you, if you want to hear us talk about them, this is where you're going to hear it. Halloween 3, not going to be here. We talked about it on episode 23. I think we gave... A rather in-depth review of that. Maybe one of our best. Maybe one of the best you can find on Halloween 3 just because of length alone. It was like a 90-minute talk of that movie. So That's where you'll learn about the Black Hand Spider. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a great one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Slumber Party Massacre. We talked about it a little bit on show 34. So you want to hear us talk about that? That's where it is. Heavy Creep hitter? Show. Well, hey. not, a, not a heavy hitter. Per se. A more oh, popular sure. film, though. Hey. Right hey, what do you mean? It made my top fifty slashers. It's better than Prom Night Four. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to, that you don't, Yeah, you don't get to talk about any slasher ever again after Prom Night Four. <laughs> <laughs> we all have some down at the bottom that the other guys didn't have, and but yeah. for whatever reason, Prom Night Four got got the biggest. Um, it became more of a running joke than something like. Yeah, uh, I won the best list. <laughs> this is true. See, okay, see, that a boy. I'm uh. happy. I'm happy. I'm real proud of you. <laughs> Look at Brandon's face right now. He's yeah, still on the hair. best list because people are afraid <laughs> to think for themselves. They're like, oh, you know what? He had the most generic list. I'll just go with him. It wasn't generic at all. It's generic. Having I don't Halloween think, uh, number one was generic. Stop it. 
I didn't say anything. I went out. I went. I went maniac remake. That's why Marco is your only fan. Why are we fighting? Why are we twenty-two shots all of a sudden? Let's let's get. We have camaraderie. Fuck you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, JP. Oh, wait. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> Which one is that again? Is the other guy. <laughs> Woo, okay. Creepshow. We talked about Creepshow last year on episode 69. And another review that I'm, I'm proud of. I think we got pretty, uh, pretty deep with that one, and it's one of my favorite movies. So, yeah, episode 69, easy number to remember. Yeah. Go check it out. Episode 69, we went deep on the creep. Ooh, Grimsby. <laughs> Very nice. Deep on the creep. Yeah, I heard wow. that one. <laughs> you should have said it that day of the show. Damn. Oh, yeah. Better late than never, right? Okay. Friday the 13th, part three. Of course, last year was Year of the Franchise, and we talked about all the Friday the 13th movies. Episode 73 is where we talked about the first six, I believe. And there you go. You want to hear us talk about Friday 3? There you will. Episode 73. And one more big one, which has not been discussed yet because it's going to be discussed two shows from now when we talk about the Carpenter Apocalypse Trilogy, The Thing. Yes, we have not talked about The Thing yet. We're not talking about it tonight, but we will talk about it in depth in two weeks. We're going to go. Spoiler, I love it. Oh, oh, I can't believe you. (laughs) (sighs) Or if you listen to 22 Shots episode where we were on it, I think some of us might have had it as our number one. I don't know. Some of us didn't. I know. He's always different. Not afraid to speak the truth. Dare to grims be (laughs) different. (laughs) I'm going to throw myself through the plate window over here. I'm going to fucking e-buzz myself right out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Good old e-buzz. Nice. So uh, we're going to talk about these movies. We are going to do those like those mini reviews, like I said. I, I'm not calling them triple R's because we've lost the, the meaning of triple R. Because oh my triple God. R- Especially after the last episode. Huh. Our triple R's have become longer than feature reviews. Not even that. They used to be round-robin reviews. I would do one, you would do one, and then you would do one, and then we go back. Now we're doing it all as one mini review yeah. together. Yeah, so it's good. not really a round robin anymore unless unless you just spoke and then you just spoke and I just spoke and then that was the end of it. I guess that'd be the only way I could go back to that type of trip. It's, it's really not even a mini review. It's a review. They're not even mini reviews anymore. Well, we do what we can. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're basically reviews. just doing ours from now on. Ours. <laughs> ours. <Arr>. Yes. <laughs> Two quick things before we get into it that I just wanted to bring to the table. I realized not too long ago that I was a horror fan, and this doesn't mean anything to anybody except me, but I, I realized something the other day, and uh, I've been wrong all these years. I, I said that when I saw Friday 3 the first time, the climax that night, that that was it for me. I became like an instant fan, but I was thinking about it recently. I When I was in sixth grade, I was reading Cujo. I had, I had seen Cujo on, on TV, loved it. I was reading Cujo and The Exorcist, and The Godfather in class in sixth grade. I brought those books in, and I was just thinking about that. So obviously I was already a fan of horror. I just wasn't seeing very much. So I've been wrong. I've been wrong all this time. I, I've loved horror more than longer than I thought. I don't know if that matters to anybody, but... Not matters. tonight. Not in the 82 show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I was thinking about it, because it was 1982... Um, it was a long time ago. Wait, when, when did Cujo come out? Oh, 83. 
Okay. Either way, I was not a fan yet, but I was just about to be. So I was, you know, everyone says they've been a horror fan for so many years, and I, I felt like I was a late bloomer. But when I look back at it, I loved horror. I just didn't have the access to it, and I just didn't really love it until I saw Friday 3 and, and became more obsessed. But when I was a kid, I used to, like the idiot that I was, I used to write Cujo on my fingers. C-U-J-O. Why? I was a freaking spaz, but whatever. I was into horror at, at a pretty young age. So I had to come clean on that. And one more quick thing that means nothing to anybody but me. But how come people – I haven't seen the movie, Marco. I haven't seen the movie. I don't plan on seeing the movie. How come people say that Psycho 98 is a shot-for-shot remake? But I've heard other people say that Vince Vaughn is masturbating in it. Norman Bates was never masturbating, so how could it be a shot-for-shot remake? It's a shot-for-shot remake save for – I believe two instances where Gus Van Sant uh, in, inserts some sort of um, experimental film types of, of like a deer in headlights and whatever. Uh, and funny enough, those are some of the best parts that of his remake because he should have just done his vision of it. The masturbation scene is a modern update. Assuming that he was thinking Norman Bates was masturbating to looking at Marion Crane through the hole, that's what Vince mm-hmm. Vaughn is doing. You don't actually see a shot no, I don't Julio think you saw his schlong. No, right. Yeah. But you El Wacarino? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well. But, but there is there is that addition as well. But so it's like 90, what, 98% shot for shot remake? Well, so it's technically shot for shot in that every shot from the originals in there with bonus shots. <laughs> and 22 shots. <laughs> 22 bonus shot shots. With an, with an extra funny shot. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's all I that's all I have to say. I just I didn't want to go right into the movie reviews immediately without having something that might have been, you know, Not somewhat tied to the show. Something somewhat entertaining, but has to do with horror. I don't know. I I, I tried something. You know what the crazy thing is, and I don't know if I'm. Uh... If I'm just not remembering correctly, because I've only seen them each once, and I, I don't want to watch them again because they're disturbing. But the Funny Games movies are pretty much shot-for-shot shot remakes. But I'm pretty sure that the American version, because they're both directed by the same director, I'm pretty sure the American version also like had an added scene where, so where, where at one point he kills, I think, the kid, and then it gets rewound. Unless... Oh. unless there's a, rewind, there's a rewind part. I don't think, and I don't think that part's in the original. I'm just basically the point is there's there's a that's another film that I could think of that's almost shot for shot with with the exception of like very minor differences, which is which is odd. Which I get for him for that sake because he's pretty much just remaking the same film to appeal to an American audience who doesn't want to read subtitles. And the American remake's great, and the original is just as great because you know all the actors are. Are great in uh, in both versions. Yeah, I never saw the remake, but I love the original. What is this, the Watt Z party here? Why are we talking fucking remakes? Hey, it's the um. Naomi Watt Z party. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that's why we're the best. Yeah, that's, yes. yeah, that's why we are the best. <laughs> we're okay. Naomi, yeah. we're okay. You're okay. <laughs> I don't want to brag. You know, it's. Uh... Oh, we'll do it for you. We're the best. All right, so the plan is what? Five uh, 1982 reviews, yep. then our special bonus review. A bonus review. Sorry, I was doing Not 1982. Uh, That's actually, I believe, 99. Yeah, it is 99. Yeah, and then five more 82s. And what I've done. Top and, five for everybody. Get your top five list ready. Yeah, we're going to have our top show. five. Okay. 
and we uh, I kind of just put them in a random order from one to ten, and I figured we just randomly generate what we're gonna what we're gonna do. This way, we don't you know save favorites for the end or okay. or anything. And we got seven picks from Christine and one pick from each of us, and we'll talk about that as we go along. I can dig it. Yeah. So, do you have a randomizer, or how are you doing this? I you... just have them. I have them numbered. So you're gonna like, ask people to guess numbers one between one and ten, or something. Yeah. So either you or C, whoever wants to go first, just pick a number between one and ten, and whatever that is, will be our first movie. You might guess C. Pick a number. Uh, three. I was gonna pick three. Wow. Nice. Okay. The magic number. One of the few reviews I have on my computer. All right. Two. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it up on the beat. That's the only bad thing about this is now I gotta type it into the beat. <laughs> this guy. Oh man, this fucking guy. Of course it's not. <laughs> what are you doing over there? This guy <laughs> had it already. He came in without no. a segue. I got the plan, I, guy. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> he took the lead. Okay, guys, let's do it. Give me a number. Yada yada. Boom, bam, bing. All right, here we go. Okay. Our first film. Is from 1982, of course, and it is written and directed by Steve Barquette, and it is The Aftermath. Oh, what a way to start. Yeah. Two astronauts return to Earth to find that it has been destroyed by nuclear war. L.A. has been taken over by Cutter and his gang of outlawed bikers. Cutter? Cutter. How about that? How about that? Did anybody catch on? But did anybody catch on to the Cutter reference right away? Cutter. Aha, thank you. Yeah. I noticed it right away. Here's the funny part. I noticed that as his character was progressing through this film, he was reminding me of Captain Spaulding a little bit, of obviously because it said, hey, but his behavior as well. And I was like, hmm. Then I realized that in Devil's Rejects, he is referred to as Cutter. That is what Otis calls him. I want to say Otis. I could be wrong, and it could be um, what's his name's character? Um, Ken Furry. Either way. He was referred to as Cutter in that movie. So kind of a, a tribute to that. Interesting. I didn't catch on to that. Yeah, I caught right away Cutter because I knew that somebody called him Cutter. And someone else calls him another name, too, in that movie, and I forgot. But Because he goes, hey, it's Cutter. I th yeah, I, I think he makes a phone call in Devil's Rejects in the beginning, and he calls either Otis or he calls – um, what was Ken Furry's character in that movie? Oh. Nah, whatever. I, I know. I I should know. But. You know. You know. They were originally going to call that "Welcome Back, Cutter." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Welcome I can't. Back. <laughs> I can't. I can't top that. Uh, Let's talk about the movie. Sounds like an emo after school special. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh man, that's bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Charlie. 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 Charlie Altamont. You're a fucking asshole, Charlie. Why don't you get on your horse and ride? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay, uh, how about the 60s music in the beginning? This is kind of like a 60s TV movie it in a looks way. Like it, it sounds like it moves like a 50s movie until the gore flies all over the place. Right. It's if it wasn't for like the gore in the little TNA, I would have bought that this was a made-for-TV movie in 1982. Guys, I told you this on text, and I'll stand by it. If you told me Ed Wood directed this movie, I'd be like, yep, of course he did. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm saying that in a good way. It's so bad, it's highly enjoyable. I agree to a point. If you told me Ed Wood directed the first 40 minutes of this film, I would have totally agreed. And the fact that this is a section three on the video nasties, watching the first, because I had never seen this. This made the section three list. And the first 40 minutes, I'm like, 
what the hell did this make the list for? Then all of a sudden, 40 minutes in, there's a major shift. And all of a sudden, this becomes a really, really good film. Oh, what, was it the pedophilia? Tell me that guy wasn't fucking the kid. Hmm. The curator? <laughs> it was I so creepy. Care. It was so creepy. You're going to take care of this boy. I didn't boy think that. Here, I, thought, right? I thought that relationship was quite sweet. Of course you did. Of course you did, yeah. <laughs> fucking mook. <laughs> hmm. I was too focused on the braless girl, whatever her name was. Her she wasn't girl. in those scenes, though. Man, he really, he really touched <laughs> I'm going to go now into that room to die. You're going to take care of little Jimmy here. <laughs> it was Chris. Chris, Jimmy. Chris, yeah, whatever. You know, the beginning starts off with with astronauts and oh, the cheesiness the the astronauts and the uh, right the crashing and the yes <laughs> but it doesn't stay that way it goes into a different territory no it gets it gets quite deep and emotional as far as i'm concerned i really connected with newman's character i liked him yeah i mean he I was thought a it, guy. i thought he was and he was deep like at first i wasn't really into like the whole monologue you know the uh the narration and stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, what the hell is this? I don't, I don't get it. This is just a cheesy film. Why are they being all serious like this? But then, once it took a serious shift in tone, then it became like, all right, man, I, you know, I'm digging this. You know, you're learning more about his family, what happened, you know, and then of course he kind of, you know, falls into a, a situation where he loses a family all over again. Yeah, it is. It is sad. It's quite, quite dark. Yeah, I mean that's true. I get all that. I, I, I'm with. I'm kind of in in the middle of you guys. Like you think it's cheesy, you think it's kind of serious in, in its ways, and uh, it, it's a little bit of both. The for me. seriousness is the same seriousness that, like, again, I, I keep comparing it to Ed Wood. He thinks he's this this means, and I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything. There means stuff, but it's so it's so cheesily done, and it's it, it, that it actually works for the entertainment level of the movie, but it, it's so shoddy. That that the whole package is just so entertainingly bad, but I can't like I, that's where I get torn. Like I don't know how to rate these movies, like the maximum overdrives of of the world and everything like that. Because I love them, I'll watch this again. Like you were saying, it's a perfect movie to throw in on a Sunday afternoon, Dave, when we were texting it back is. and forth. Yeah, and, it's a Sunday and, afternoon flick, and, and, and I could see it, but I and but I'm torn because it's not a good movie. No, but it's a Sunday afternoon flick. It's not a Friday night, uh, you know, drink beer with your friends and watch it and laugh at it. I don't think it's that type of bad at all. It oh, sounds like I you do. do. Yeah, I, I do. Don't, wow. I, I didn't get that. I, yeah. I got because it was, you know why? There was really nothing to laugh at. Uh, the first act was a little bit silly, like like we said, with the astronauts and some things that were happening. But once it gets started uh, and they get going, it's kind of serious. Like, uh, remember awesome. that movie we talked about, Killdozer? Yeah. Okay. There were some bad moments in that film, some cheesy things, but the plot itself, outside of the fact that we're dealing with a killer bulldozer, is <laughs> is quite serious. You know what it's I'm saying? Pretty there much was the whole movie, <laughs> but there were serious conversations and characters in that. Yes, movie. and that's Just what like this, this. And that's what this. Ha- exactly. I'm right there with you. Think about this, Christian. Yeah. If they change that first act, instead of these guys returning from space on these like such cheesy like spacecraft type uh, sets <laughs> say they're returning from war from another country from war and you get rid of the cannibals it's just the world's been wiped out by crime and disease and we don't get these cheesy looking cannibals with with boils on their face then this film really is 
a quite serious dark film about. Then you're talking like, about uh, a different movie. That's no, not the movie we've got. No, not at all. Then. Not at all. Because you don't really need the cannibals in this film. But there the is cannibal, true. The cannibals are aren't the cannibals aren't the monsters. though. the monsters are the, the remaining us. human beings who have who have abandoned civilization and the ideals of right and wrong because they live in this po- post-apocalyptic wasteland. The same themes that we had since Night of the Living Dead. It, it, it's we're not treading new new ground here. They, it's it's done. It's done in an entertainingly like trashy way, but I'm not saying like there's nothing new here. But there's some ugliness to it, yeah. Like the whole rape stuff is pretty gruesome, or like the attempted rape, I guess. No, there are right. fledge rapes. We just don't no, see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's you know the rape and the the killing of that that whole family, you know. Oh, in the beginning. I wasn't uh, expecting that. Remember in the beginning when he executes oh, everybody? He shoots the kids out of the car. Oh, well, that, everybody. That's, at the, that's at the beginning. Then the one wow. where, where him and the gang are, you know, they think they're, the family thinks they're getting help. Their car, like, is broken down or whatever. Oh, and right. And they just drag the life out. And, you know, they're, they're <laughs> raping hard. You know, they, I'm not they, laughing at the rape. The crap of the family. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> man, they raping her. No, I'm <laughs> laughing. I'm thinking of different scenes because there's no consistency there. Like one time a shotgun will blow someone's head off. Then at the end, he's aiming the shotgun five feet away from him and like grazing his knees and legs with like the, the side blast of a shotgun. The thing would take oh, his legs yeah. right the fuck off. Yeah. It wasn't a good shot. That was, that was, I actually <laughs> liked that scene though on the building where, where he's, uh, cause he, you know, Getman wasn't deserving of a quick death and he was tormenting him and he deserved every second of it. I like that, but I, I do get it. I was watching that scene. And I'm like, this, it just doesn't look right. Cause it's too big of a gun for him to be like that accurate with his missing and allowing for like the spread to like, just nick him. I am shocked. Well, I'm shocked yeah. that you guys are not fun. Like it was so Ed Woody, and it was so uh, shoddy with like the narration, just to to overcome. Like half this movie looked like it was filmed probably silently, and they added sound effects and music and and the narration on top. I, I'm saying I had a good time. It was enjoyable. It was a it was fun to watch. But I was laughing right at it almost all the way through. <laughs> Wow! No, mm. not for me. Not until it, not for the first forty minutes. Yes, I was like, these cannibals look awful. The spacecraft. I don't know why I keep calling it a spacecraft. <laughs> the space shuttle. Like the, it's a space yeah. shuttle. Yeah, but it looked like. I, I mean, come on. They always had those, those, those old space shuttles. You know, where they they're always hitting the beep boop beep buttons, and you yeah. know, there's an explosion. One guy, he just gets knocked down, and he's dead. Like he looks yeah. fine. Then, they, of course, they crash in the water. Newman swims to the shore, has like a 30-minute encounter encounter on land, you know, getting supplies, fighting cannibals, comes back to the water 40 minutes later and finds his friend, uh, Matthews, first getting to shore. What was that guy, just treading water for like an hour and a half? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I guess he was injured, I guess. Is the, is... Uh, yeah, but and like... Then he stick... Yeah, because he was injured, remember? Because the other guy left and he stayed behind. Remember? Only one yeah. guy went and explored. He found, he, that's when he found all those people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was injured. So I guess that's okay. In well, retrospect, I, just, it just, I was just like, okay, this is all over the place. And it's not making sense. But then you know, once he, once he took uh, Chris under his wing and met Sarah, then it started to become like a, a serious like character piece for me. I know, I'm not saying it's not cheesy. It is cheesy. Yeah. It's a low budget like cheesy film, but it had some heart to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then you get a laser gun. Oh yeah, well there that, again. <laughs> she has a fucking laser gun. But it came from the but it came from the spaceman. So I guess. Oh you know. come on, <laughs> the spaceman. She had a laser gun. Yeah, of course there is a little bit of heart. The guy 
guys been through tra- trauma too, but you can't help but laugh at the way it's presented. And that laser gun is ridiculous. I will say that too. Dave. It is oh. ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but everything else in that scene was serious. That's what's weird about it. So I can't like laugh at it. It, it, it there wasn't a, there was a few moments like that that were like, okay, well, I guess they want to go with the space stuff in this film, which is fine. But I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't schlocky enough that it was there because everything else is, was taken seriously. Here's one thing. Did, did those people in the beginning on the beach, remember they had those petrified corpses on the beach in the beginning? Did they remind you of anything? Because it reminded me of something. They look like paper mache. That's, what, that's all I thought of when I saw them. What did it remind it, you of? It reminded me of Grandma from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, look. she looks paper mache too. Yeah. There you go. Remember when they go upstairs and he's putting yeah. a oh, grandma and her head rolls off and that whole thing? That, it looked like a beach full of freaking TCM grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> TCM grandmas. That's the alternate title, a beach full of TCM grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> With laser guns. <laughs> that whole oh. scene like where it starts, the storm comes and it shoots a red halo down and there's a oh, red filter. I like filter, the red sky. And he runs into that. that, the... the, the the house and it's a curator house. And that's where that guy's like, decides to give him like a 10 minute tour right before he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I was losing my mind. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. It's bad. It is- crazy. They go up, they, they, they take refuge in a house that looks like this beautiful, like castle-esque house. Yet when you're inside the interiors, they're in front of like a shitty window with like bad drapes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's great. Oh, man. He's complaining about bed drapes. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't notice that. I don't know how to rate it. I couldn't tell you how to rate this because it's obviously not a five because there, there's there's a lot of enjoyment here. So it's yeah, like a tenant. Like, is it a plan nine from outer space? Kind of to be like, I, I can't say it's not enjoyable. But on a different, I, I, for a different reason than I think you guys are saying it's a choice. Yeah, I actually enjoyed yeah. it because of the actual character development. I actually enjoyed Newman's character. They finally developed him at around the 40-minute mark, and you learn about his family, and then he, he learns to love again. He falls for Sarah. It's nice. It feels genuine. Then when she gets killed and, and all the other people he saves gets killed, it's absolutely heartbreaking. The conversations he has with Chris – about the you know standing the line and all that and you know how it you know comes full circle at the end, you know right right before uh, you know their final goodbyes. Man, it was real touching and I really enjoyed it. And I'm saying to myself, why why weren't the first forty minutes played a little bit more serious? I totally get the the cheese factor of this, but there's there's like two different films in here almost. Yeah, see, I mean, I don't see it. I didn't see that. And the reason he learned to love again is because she was a hot little 20-something oh number, and he, he just wanted to get with whatever was in his way. <laughs> indeed. It was totally Halloween in, 3. Indeed. It was, ha- totally. it was, it was Halloween 3, totally. Yeah. Older guy with the mustache. Yeah. You know? Young, little, nice-looking girl running around without, without a bra. You know? Oh, yeah. She, but, she, but you know what? In all fairness, she came on to him. He was just going into the bedroom to check on her, make sure she's okay. Where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I'm oh, telling that's a pretty you, dumb question. <laughs> laser guns? They had laser blasts in Halloween 3? I could go on and on with the comparisons here. Yeah. Oh. 10 out of 10. You're the laser. <laughs> you're the banana laser. <laughs> They're coming back. 
Uh, I think that the narration was completely unnecessary. Yeah. I don't. It would have been better off without it. Otherwise, it was like watching a Twilight Zone episode. Like the first half hour, it was like a Twilight Zone episode. You know, they have those Twilight yeah, Zone episodes. Just, yeah, because they're just wandering a wasteland and nothing's happening. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of the running around and music, like montages with music. And then the narration changes. I'm not sure if it's just two times or if there's three times where it's different characters doing their narration. It's him for sure. And then it's the kid at the end. But I, oh, really? I, I, it's like Goodfellas? Oh, yeah. At the very, very end. Yeah. Yes. The kid starts yeah. narrating. I'm like, oh, for fuck. No, that was that was a <laughs> sweet line, though, when he says, Dan, you know, love and honor and justice will never be just words to me again. As long as I live, Newman would live and I'll alone. never be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really look like an it. asshole here. I, I, I no, you don't. Know, you don't. No, I, I get where you're coming from. I think I'm telling you, I'm in the middle. I think Brandon took it too seriously. Yeah, that, I think that's what I think too. Lightly. And I, I think, think my he, method's the way to go. I think people are screaming right now like, what the hell is Brandon talking about? It's the aftermath from 82. It's the cheesiest fucking film ever. Why is he finding so much depth and heart in this film? <laughs> it I thought Cutter was a good villain, man. He was great. That's, there you go, Cutter. Come on. Sid Haig was a great badass, dude. He really was. No? He looked so, oh, no, he was great. Sorry. Sorry. No, he was awesome. Okay. Well, there you go. That 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 that, that that's worth something. Yeah, definitely. You know, Did you know uh, that here's Dick the... Miller was the broadcasting voice. Yes, I, I saw, saw that when I when I checked IMDb. Uh, I was shocked to know, hear that or see that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, good old Dick Miller. Yeah. Um, my issue, as usual, was the gunfight climax. It lost me. I started to drift because oh, I, thought it was I thought it was great because it's just <laughs> one guy and he's literally killing everyone. I thought it was fantastic. It was I, so fast paced. It was but, okay. Not my cup of tea for I, that. I will say it's weird that you guys actually come down on it from the space start. I thought, how cool is that? These guys went into outer space to only come back to the world after like it, it was just devastated by nuclear holocaust. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool, but like how far cool. away were they to not see the actual blow? They would have probably seen the devastation if they're just looking <laughs> yeah. at the fucking earth for a second. Well, they were up there for a year. Maybe they were sleeping when the, when the earth got blown to that bits. One, that one astronaut just looked like he was in a black abyss in the back seat there. <laughs> just like a black set. It was such a small, uh, I was going to say spacecraft again. Such <laughs> a small shuttle that they were on. Where were they for a year? How'd they survive? <laughs> I feel yeah. This is the one that I think I could be wrong. This might have been the one that Christine hasn't seen since, uh, you know, since '82. I could be wrong. I'm gonna look that up to make sure. That's weird. I thought it was Blood Song, but I could be wrong too. No, there you go. You know, if I'm gonna bet, I would bet on you over me. Uh, I, I wouldn't bet, bet on me. I, I bet on black. Yeah, I bet <laughs> on black. always. <laughs> <laughs> always bet on black. Passenger fifty-seven. This is the 182 film that we're covering tonight that I had not seen before. I, I thought one. I had two, but it was the one, the TV movie of the year later, the day after, that I saw. Oh, the day after, man, that film. The cockroaches? I, that film. PG-13, the first Absolutely movie. devastated me. Oh, no, I sorry, Red that. Dawn. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Red Dawn. Red Dawn was the first PG-13 movie, not the Red day Dawn. after. I confused them. I'm sorry. <laughs> Same type of day thing, The day after though, was a TV right? movie. They had, there was a yes. TV movie right, but it came out the year before Threads did, and I I think it was just one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen. It had Jason Robards and uh, Steve Gutenberg. 
and, and uh, I, I, I think, remember seeing that when it aired, and I, that's what I thought we were watching. But then I, I quickly realized we weren't. <laughs> no, I. You know what? I probably would have said something if that was the film we were watching. I mean, I w- obviously would have watched it, but I would have been like, I am not looking forward to it because I remember seeing it as a very young child, and it just absolutely traumatized me. This one was cheesy and touching at the same time. <laughs> this, this There's the answer. In, sorry. She, no, I got the answer. answer. It, it's Death Scream. <laughs> so we were both yeah. wrong. Well, isn't Death Scream the same thing as Blood Beach or what's that? No, Blood no, Blood Death Scream is House of the Dead. Okay, we were both wrong. Okay, well that's what she said. Tonight I'm watching Death Scream. Last time I saw this was 1982 at the Peoria Drive-In. So we were right about the drive-in at least. So give us props. <laughs> Wesley Snipes actually just tweeted me, and he had guessed uh, Death Scream. So <laughs> you, you were right to bet on black. <laughs> Nice. Well, should we rate this this movie? Yeah. How, how much can we? Yeah, that's talk? exactly it, man. A, a lot, a lot of good gimmicks. This is a gimmick movie where it goes from one gimmick to the next in the sense of like gore effects or laser gun treatment or showing the same stock shot of the devastation of the city. But highly enjoyable. I, I I'm, I'm confused. I'm gonna have to say seven out of ten. But it's a bad movie. But so bad, it's entertaining. Wow. I knew this was gonna happen. I, I knew this was gonna happen. He's he's gonna come. He might come in the highest. I, I, I'm only I'm a six out of ten. That's that's my rating. Yeah, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm a seven out of ten, and I thought like Christian was coming in at like three and a half or something. Well, no, I, see, this is the problem. I don't know how to do these ones. Where do I say it's a fail? Because a fail would be I I always think avoid avoid the movie. There's no redeeming value here. This is fun to watch. It's it's like the maximum overdrives, like I said earlier. Deadly, like I, I, there's something about these movies that you're just like, this is just fucking hilarious. Plan Nine from Outer oh. Space, bad movie, but I love watching it. That's fair enough. I mean, I I saw its faults and its cheesiness, and there were, and obviously the first act just was like dreadful for me. But not, I won't say dreadful, but just I was not into it. But. uh I thought, you know, 7 out of 10 is a is a super fair rating for this film. Interesting. See, for me, if I watch a movie and it's so bad it's good, I just, I can only, I, I think my grade would be a 5. But that means, see, that means neutral, right? That you don't well, have neutral, a strong reaction. Only, yeah. Neutral because if I wasn't laughing at it, I wouldn't like it at all. Like, it's 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 bad. I'm laughing at it, so it's giving me something, but I can't. Like that's what I'm saying. To me, like five out of ten would be my appropriate rating. Maybe five point five is get technical. I don't but think I'm, there's. I honestly don't feel like there's any perfect way to rate a film. I got to be honest. Well, like, yeah, it's. I feel, own, I feel right? like I feel like if you go back and listen to own. the '82 show for '22 shots and tonight, that I might rate some of the films differently because I don't remember what my ratings were there. But it's like each time I watch a film, it, it just changes. Like a ten out of ten yeah. is never really going to drop, or you know, they're always going to be close to each other. But, like, I don't know. I, I really haven't Listeners put an, an exact definition to, to each rating, especially when you're in that five and a half to seven and a half range. When I get to eight and above, that's gonna usually, get like, the upper echelon for me. Maybe. Maybe we'll get there. Listeners weigh in, and I'm talking about it's so bad it's good. Like, would you go as high as a 10 out of 10 for those? I, this is what we want to know. So well, weigh you, in yeah. on your you did for, like, Toxic you're Adventure. Right. And, yeah. I did, and, look, I did for Halloween 3. Halloween but that's 3? how you feel about it. That's exactly. Fair. Like it. I mean, but it's a serious movie. You dig the fucking movie. You're not. You're not thinking it's a piece of shit that you're laughing at. You wouldn't rate a movie a ten 
that's that, that you're going to crack beers with, with, with your boys and freaking, you know, crack jokes and ah, and make a, make a mockery of it. But you'll sit down and watch the Halloween three or the toxic Avenger by yourself and exactly. dig the hell out of it. That's exactly. the difference. And you if know? this first act was different, it would be a higher rating, but I don't think this would ever reach a 10 and a 10 status. I just think it had the makings of like a, wow, that's a surprisingly really good film for what I thought was just going to be in like an absolute cheddar fest. Ah, the cheddar goblin. The cheddar goblin. <laughs> a crummy commercial? Son of a bitch. Anyway, let's move Dave, on, Dave, pick a number. I think you're up. One pick to ten, number. not three. Seven and a half. Oh, wait. <laughs> that, that's my favorite number. Oh, no, I'll, I'll just go eight if it's seven and a half, then. Eight. Half, I round it up to eight. eight. Okay, let's yep. see what eight is. <laughs> okay, number eight. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. It's fitting. It is our first ten out of ten. post-choice. And it is actually Dave's choice. It is 1982's Amityville 2. All right. Amityville 2, The Possession, rock and roll. And I'm actually really looking forward to discussing this one again. Oh, man. I could discuss it. Yeah, this this is a very good film for for review purposes. Amityville 2, The Possession. A family moves into their new home, which proves to be satanic, resulting in the demonic possession of the teenage son. Only the local priest can save them. Can he, though? The best. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, I like you, Adamski. <laughs> this Man, is the best great. in the series. Oh, bar none. <laughs> no question. What a fucking I, I didn't film. see bar none, but I, I agree with Christian. Part two. <laughs> part two. I, I know you're a fan of Amityville, bar none, but. <laughs> is that coming up this year? The, uh, it should. Oh. The look of this movie, atmosphere and mood, too. Oh, my God. And the music cues. Oh, my God. It's a mean-spirited Ooh. film as yes, well. It's Boy, dark. is yeah. it's dark. <laughs> and I love it for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I usually don't like that, but for whatever reason, it works perfectly. It's like the, the right balance in this film for me. So I'm there right from the beginning. I love I love the, the, uh, the priest and uh, Catholicism uh, avenue. I love the fact of... Of uh, Polly, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bert Young. Bert Young, thank you. I love how he's such a like a shitty husband. Loves his family, but is a shitty husband as well. And his anti-religious stance and priest calling him priest and all that. Like, hey, hey, priest, you want you want to smoke priest? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you get a see if priest wants something to drink? <laughs> <laughs> he's I, I know I, I'm I know just about every word of this movie. He's I, so I, mean in yeah. every role. Even in back to school, he's mean. He's like my two boys. I put one of them through college. I put the other through a wall. <laughs> 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 I'm nice and I'm tough. That's him. Uh, nice the, Mont- the Montelli family. Let me tell you, that's that's man. There's there's so much an- uh, analysis that could be done about this family. Like there's yeah. I, I mean this. It's well, crazy. There, like, there's so much there before possession's even involved. Well, that's just it. This is a tale uh, of two halves, and to me, the first half of this movie is as good as it gets. Like, yes. as good as you can make a horror movie, in my opinion, it is top-notch horror. Uh, they could have they could have just ended the movie. They could have stretched it out, maybe had some more character development, done some more stuff, made this like an hour and fifteen minute movie, and not even had a possession angle, or just had played it differently. And boy, uh, granted, I'm gonna rate it high, but I'm just saying that's the only way you could have made it better. 
I'm so glad you said that because if I had said that, then Christian would have come on, come down on me and been like, <laughs> I almost said Christian would have come on me. On yeah. I almost said he would have come on me. <laughs> We're no, going down on you. He would have attacked me for like, you know, so saying, well, oh, then it's a different film, like I did with the aftermath. But that's that's the great thing about this film. It's like there's there's two different films in here, but oh, they're yeah. both great. It's like the first hour, the second hour, right? Like that's yeah, pretty much yeah. it. Well, both are equally both disturbing. Both have incest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell is going on there? Well, let me tell you something. There's hints at it as soon as they get into the house. Yeah. And it's kind of like my, my opinion on The Shining, how as soon as he Jack sets foot in that place, um, it, it, it starts to overtake him. And that's why, uh, you know, he's already bugging out before they get to the hotel because he's already had his initial interview. But that's another movie. But it, I'm just saying that's a similar comparison. I'm watching this movie. My daughter's watching this movie with me. And, uh, it's such a family film. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says at one point in the film, before that stuff goes down, she says, are they brother and sister or something else? So you can catch on that there's something, the way they interact with each other, and maybe it was done intentionally. Or, well, of course, or, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, but there's, were they like that before they set foot in that room? Or they, in that house? They, were too, yeah. they were too close. They, they were, were too sure. close. But, but let me tell you, the um, <laughs> the sunny we see outside when he first arrives at the house, and this speaks to the point you just made, is completely different from the minute Sonny steps foot inside. So you, you are right. I feel like that house definitely has a hold of pretty much all of them the minute they kind of step foot indoors. Yeah, yeah he, he agrees. Yeah. This show has gone he to the disagrees. dog. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's dog's joined us visually. My dog's joined no, us audibly. No, this is, this is the interview portion. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, e-buzz. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What do you rate this out of four barks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But this movie, right from the beginning just hits me. This is a comfort movie to me. I've seen this so much. There is, there's one other movie I've seen probably equally as many times as this, but this is more, this is more personal to me, I guess, because I know not everyone is into it as I am, but as soon as it starts, the music, the way the house looks, it's so damn creepy. Yeah. It's unmistakable. You can't. And when he's home alone, that to me is one of the scariest um, scenes in the history of horror. Like, I couldn't be alone in a house for years, and that's one of the reasons. When he's in the house and he hears the laughing, that, that creepy-ass laughing <laughs> and all that yeah, shit. It's and, absolutely terrifying because all we're seeing – I mean, we get some POV shots from, like, the demonic uh, demonic spirit's point of view at some point. But you uh, – you really, the creepiest part of that shot is him going up the stairs and him just looking up, and he's just, like – he can't take his eyes off whatever he sees. And we never see it, but uh, – it's absolutely terrifying to watch him be terrified. The house is a character. You can't say that about every haunted house movie. Uh, we're going to be talking about another one. Well, it goes beyond a haunted house. But this house, you see this house, you know it's the Amityville house. Oh. It, it, it's a character into itself. The I, I dig like Dave, I know exactly what you're saying. There's something about certain films that you just get into the 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 setting and the mood when they drive up to the house in tandem in the two cars uh, and, and get out and they're, yeah. they're looking at the house and something about it. I, I love it. You, you just feel like you're, you're part of the characters in the movie uh, and not all movies do that. That no. it's almost like they invite you in and you feel like you're there with, with them experiencing it as well. They're, they're 
joy of moving into this house and then you know down uh, later on in the film the fear of the house himself and the acting in this movie is probably underrated oh for sure they're very believable all the movies the whole film is probably very underrated i think this was very much dismissed as just kind of like a trash cash-in sequel and it's any it it, i think there's only one moment of bad acting in this film there really is and it's a split second scene and it just it just wasn't shot right and that's when the mother gets shot. Really? She's great everywhere shot. else in the movie. She is. No, everyone's terrific in it. It's just the shot. It You don't see, like, her get hit. And it just seems very, very off-putting. It just it looks overly theatrical. But what? that's, I mean, it's literally a split second. It, has, it doesn't affect my rating of this movie at all. I'm just, for some reason, that scene always sticks out to me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why. They almost shouldn't have even showed it. Man, I love it. I love everything about the, the shooting scenes. It, it, that's another thing that really creeps me out. I really feel for all of them, especially the little boy. Oh, that man, that's scene. a great scene. A great oh. scene. Wow. And then they, they, the, with the flashing of the light, when it finally does happen, the lightning crashes, and you see him behind him, the look in his eye. And the kid, Sonny, he, who hasn't done anything since this movie, and no one – there's been communication with some of the people um, you know, that, that were in the movie that were friends with them. But, I mean, he has not been in the public eye or – he was married or engaged, one of the two, depending on exactly the months that this was filmed, because he got married in 81 or 82, whichever it was. And he, he was, he's married with, with uh, two or three kids, and that's it, just a normal guy. He made this one movie and didn't do anything else. And Amazing. He, he was, yeah, he was terrific in this. And uh, Man, I remember the good old days when you were a kid when you could put a plastic bag over your brother's head and it was just, <laughs> just, just for good laughs. I love that scene. <laughs> You're dead. Dead. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and then that, that shit there, when everything goes crazy in the freaking kitchen, ah, and they're freaking they're going crazy. And, and the, the part before, which is even better. The the first time. What were they like? <laughs> Sorry, I, I I froze there for a second. <laughs> I don't know. What, what was who like? Ah, <laughs> that thing? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like what Paulie sounded like when he wanted to, what do you think? There's a playground. Yeah. You know? That's what my father used to always say to me when I was a kid. A playground or a gymnasium. Do you really his, think his, they drew that picture and wrote, I don't know. and wrote Dishonor Thy Father in that short a period of time? Right, but what else could he think? If you moved into the house, it's the first day they're there. <laughs> what logically could you think if it wasn't You're going to beat them with the fucking belt. <laughs> Goddamn cunt, you're ruining this family! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that line just made me laugh. It's hysterical. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like such a repulsive line, and it's so it funny. Yeah. But coming from Burt Young, it's funny. There's a little humor in it because it's Polly. You know, it's not too far off, but then, then some ways we've seen Polly act, especially in the, in the first few Rockies. Rocky you know, three. It's Rocky three, Polly. <laughs> when, when he's drunk, drunk at first. and he throws the, the bottle of bourbon or whatever at the Rocky three video game. <laughs> there should, should have been an Amityville one right next yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Amityville pinball machine. Uh, I'm 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 gonna say this, Dave, and I really noticed it this time. My one issue with the film is probably like a 10, 15 minute segment, and it's right after the massacre scene. Absolutely. I, I just wish, and I told Christian this. I almost wish that Sonny had gotten away that night and had somehow they transitioned it to where he's where Father Adonsky either, you know, they, they, he finds him and brings him to the church and it picks up right from there. Get rid of, you know, the, the, the hospital scene or the, the jail scene and the courtroom scene just for pacing issues and just because it didn't feel necessary and it just felt very, like, TV movie-ish at that point. 
It's true. I the thing is, there are quality parts to all those scenes, but I wish I do feel you on the TV movie. It just, it just so. takes you out because once they get back to the church and men and the final showdown in the house Oof. and the dialogue. Oh my God, the father, you know, with you know doing the exorcism and and uh, and you know Sonny talking to him. You know, you did the voice before. It was just man, it was it was short and it was quick, and I almost wish it was longer because it was just so powerful in that in that short period of time that they should have done more at the house. I wish they could have done more to a degree, but then it's, it's, it's already enough. It already becomes enough of an exorcist ripoff that you couldn't let it go too damn long of, of an exorcism. You know what I mean? So the fact that it's brief actually works out to, to its credit, I think because of it being so much like the exorcist as, as is, you know, but but I do agree with you. I wish they could have still kept those scenes, but maybe trimmed them. Maybe mm-hmm. trimmed 10 minutes off of the movie. Because I do like the part when he's in jail the first time, and he comes in, and he licks his hand, and he, that's when he says that to him. You know, when he, when he when he talks to the priest, he says, I like you. And then he's going, <laughs> and he looks at the picture of his family, and he gets sad face because the real him comes out. So there's good moments in there, but but there's just a little bit, there's some filler that wasn't necessarily needed and it's too damn bad because like i said the first half is as good as it gets uh the, the climax is great the practical effects throughout the whole movie nobody talks about them that's great stuff everything it is, it, it, it no, is. definitely Man. totally agree I, I i think it's a i agree with brandon to a certain degree i i don't know if i maybe i have to pinpoint at those scenes as well maybe i could agree to that but i, I just said it was a little over long um it, it but, is but not it doesn't ruin the movie by any means it's just over, a little long for its own good for for what is essentially an exploitation film yeah <laughs> it really is yeah and, and they got this italian director coming in putting his spin on it and adding all the catholicism stuff and i guess the time of Wallace told him to tone it down you know he's like he wanted he wanted to do more. He wanted to say something about worms, worms. The priest he was going to go in and say all this crazy stuff, and he was going even deeper with it. And Not the worms. Timothy <laughs> <laughs> Walsh was like, "You don't have to add this much Catholicism," but but he wanted to, and maybe if it would have been toned down a little bit. But man, I'll tell you, scary stuff for me. There there's so many great scenes. Just just the haunting and and just casting aside the, the incest stuff and what's going on with that girl and how she feels and what, you know, and when she tries to confess and then she runs away and then when she does confess and what she says, he does it to hurt God. That's freaking deep. Oh man. That, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. She, she has some lines in the movie that are really like dark and, and disturbing. Even when she's talking about, I don't think daddy wants to make love to mommy anymore. Right? Like, like what the hell? Like, ew! Who stop. talks that way? Right. <laughs> Especially at her age. I mean, I know she's she's playing a little bit younger here, but it's still you're too old to be talking like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uncomfortable. It, I, I, but I think that's the point. You know. Yeah. You know, I, the, the, bladder effects. I know you brought up. You're bringing up the practical and like, yeah, all all the the lighting, everything. But the those I love bladder effects, and the, those were big around this time. I think I brought this up when we talked about this film on 22 Shots, but... Is that like pissing on someone? No. (laughs) What do you say, pissing? Yeah, bladder. Get it? Oh, I thought you said bladder. (laughs) That's what they are, but they're like with with the pulsating skin. Oh, man, it's absolutely awesome. I believe those are called bladder effects, but I could be wrong. I I believe you. I I honestly don't know. I was just making a stupid joke, but they are awesome. 
without uh, doubt. That scene is nasty. All the times it happens. It happens throughout the film. It happens. Yeah. Just, just, the, the, first just time. the pulsing, even just the slight pulsing. Oh, That's, oh yeah. That gets oh. into my skin, no pun intended. Like it, it, it is very unnerving. It's I hate that. Anything to do oh. like body horror shit, like right. Oh, totally. And the the one part when you just see it like on the side of his face and his neck when his sister wants to talk to him and he goes, "Get away, damn bitch!" That part. <laughs> oh, I'll never talk to you again. Then two minutes later, she's talking to him. Oh man, just in that. Mommy phone call. and daddy don't want to make love. <laughs> <laughs> well, the young boy drowned. <laughs> I got me doing it. Oh, nice. And we get to see kids killed, which is always a plus, you know. <laughs> it's a, the big check mark on my list. It is. It definitely I tell you is. What you know, for people who who watch this for the first time, I remember the first time I saw it. It's a it's a shocking film to see because yeah, you've dude. seen the first one and you're like, okay, the second one's gonna obviously not be as good, and okay, it's gonna be a cheesy possession film, and but man, <laughs> there's nothing cheesy and there's nothing lighthearted about this. This movie should be a cult classic the way Halloween 3 is. It should have a bigger following than it does, in my opinion. There are a few people. There's me. There's JP. I, I've come across some people that, that sing its praise and say, oh, it's better than the original. But that's like as far as it goes. You don't see people like referencing it nearly enough. I think because the incest thing overshadows everything. People make that out to be a bigger deal. Not, I mean, you can't say that. Not a bigger deal than it is. But it's it's one it's an it's not inconsequential, but there's so much more going on in this movie and in the plot of the film besides that. That that's like the mark that it leaves. People that's what people reference that there's incest in it because it's taboo and you know it is what it is. But what about that shot when they're freaking when he's when the priest after it all happens and he goes by the house and it's snowing outside and he and he in the slow motion and he sees the light come on in the uh, the doorway there and he sees the uh, you know the girl is alive still. Oh, oh yeah, oh. but she's not. It's like, and how he gets the phone call from her. All that stuff is just done so well. It's so freaking haunting. It's just, man. It just, it just strikes a chord with me where where it just creeps me out. Where it's where it's downright scary, and okay. you know, to the very end, even when the priest is in the room by himself and he's doing, he's like, "Do not forsake me." And it, man, that's freaking. I tell you. Obviously, yeah, I love the movie. My God, let it be me, you know. Oh, yes. Very, very powerful. Man, so much. Here's one thing I'm going to add before we wrap it up. Did anybody notice the creepy feet in the movie? There is a shot in this movie when Sonny's home alone, and he's walking around with the gun. And you know how they do that where it goes upside down for a second, and he's in uh, that one room? That's okay? cool. That's a cool shot. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Then they come back, and he walks into the one room after he hears the laughing. And when he goes into the room, right to the left, you see two sets of children's feet, and they back up real slowly. You would almost think it was an accident with like a PA on the set that shouldn't be there or something like that. But they're children's feet, which to makes me think it's there on purpose. And if it's not, it's still fucking creepy. <laughs> so next time you watch it, it's that, it's that scene when he's by himself, and he goes through the doorway, and he's looking around. It's after the upside-down part. And he, he, he's walking slowly in, in the house and he goes into that one room. Like, I guess it would be the uh, it would be the dining room, actually. And then you see a, a, a pair of feet back up. And, and now I, got, I'm gonna, I know exactly what you're talking about. Not, I don't remember the feet. I just remember that shot because I'm thinking it's upside down. And then the camera like, comes back. The camera like turns like you're, it's weird. It's almost like making a loop in a roller coaster. Yeah. Dude, you're kind of like turning with it. Like and it's very disorienting and haunting and creepy all at the same time. But I want to see the feet. 
Dude, yeah, it's something. It's pretty cool, the feet. And I do love that one scene that I didn't – one more thing about the house. That freaking first time when you see the POV of it, and he's not even there seeing it. We just see as the audience the POV of the evil, you know, and that part – when it comes and it sees the cross, you see that clock go, and there's like a clock on the wall, and all yeah. of a sudden it's going crazy. It makes a weird noise, like, and then it freaking does that, and then it goes by that cross, and you hear that weird, scary back, that backward stuff. That freaking <laughs> oh, dude, it's so evil. And then he rips off the freaking the thing from the dining room yeah, table, the, the curtain, and he puts covers, it on. Yeah. Oh, dude, covers the crucifix, that whole thing. And yeah, there's just terrific. all these subtle nuances to this film. Just the way they move sometimes, the way she grabs the gun when freaking he's holding it up to his father's head. And just, I don't know. I, I'm, I, obviously, I'm in love with the film. So I, I, I said to my dad after, a scene, after that scene, because, you know, after that scene, they, uh, they immediately show Sonny, like, back upstairs in bed. I'm like, do you think you could really get back to bed that quickly after that encounter? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think I think there's going to, you know, be a sit down, maybe a family meeting at that point. <laughs> like, they're just like, all right, time for bed. Not that family. Yeah, they just go their separate ways. Right, that's, just that's, that's what's oh. great about it, because there's there's so much not seen that is that it just plays tricks with your mind. Like, there's just so much to this family that. You know, what evil was there before they even got there? It's just, you, I don't even think we could uh, can begin to piece it together. And, uh, and of course, the way they, you know, the way Sonny gets saved is, you know, obviously a good thing. But it's also quite, like, upsetting and haunting because the fact that he has to live with this now. Oh, he's done for. They're not gonna. What's the What's the priest tell him? Oh, we'll make them believe. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. You'll make them believe. Even if they did, <laughs> even if they did make him believe, like it, it's there's there's no victory here. Like that's it. Sonny's ruined. He, whether he's in prison or he's free, like the evil got him, and he was in there because he had moments where he came back. But he was in there. You know, he writes. You know, save me. But uh, mm-hmm. he just didn't have enough power to fight it. And and you know the priest. Even though he was successful in exercising that evil, he wasn't strong enough to defeat that evil. Because he was even warned, you know, you're not qualified. Right. And he really exactly. wasn't. And But, he, you know, he does the right thing in terms of, you know, I, I, I will take this burden. I will take this evil. Pulls an exorcist. Yeah. You know, same freaking thing, you know. And the headphone voices, just the voice that he keeps getting is great. When he's yeah. at the birthday party and all that stuff, and, and the headphones, you know. Why didn't you pull the trigger? Oh, it's making great. <laughs> I love that Dave Z has become Michael Winslow tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because this is supposed to be, so the first movie's referencing that this act is what created the evil. But now obviously this movie has an evil, like Brandon said, that, is there long before this family gets there that then yeah, but, possesses the kid to kill his family? Yeah, but they reference that in the first movie. They do as they well? Do refer- I, okay. I, yeah, they say that the kid that, that killed, you know, the people heard voices tell him and he said something was there and, you know, whatnot. But it was done much differently in, in, in real life and the way it's portrayed in the first movie was that they were in the bed and they were put face down in the bed execution style and everything else. But in this movie... They go quite the opposite, and that would have been pretty boring if they would have been. You know what I mean? So they got whacked in different ways, which were and they worked. How about that when she's trying to get away, uh, Diane Franklin? Oh man, and she takes the freaking, she try and she tries to bash the window with the freaking yeah. chair, and she can't do it. That's terrifying. 
Anyway, I got to stop because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad I got to talk about it finally. That's, that's why I picked it. I knew nobody was ever going to pick it for a franchise on Patreon, and we haven't gotten around to do, doing the trilogy or anything. So I just wanted to get it out there and just talk about it on the show because I love it so much. But The one kill you wanted to see, you know, uh, Burt Young's character, Anthony, there's the one you don't see. I know, right? <laughs> and you don't, you don't see any evidence. I mean, you know it happened, but you don't even see his body after that. Like, I would have just loved to have just, like... No, right. I hear you. What's this got to do with our family? <laughs> when they're fighting in the bedroom right before they die. That's great. It's a shame, she tells him. It's family. Oh, it's great. Uh, I, yeah, I'm too into this movie. So why don't you guys read it? <laughs> I was a little lower, but I think you kind of talked me up to uh, talk me up a little bit. I, uh... I'm at a nine out of ten with this one. I was gonna come in eight and a half, but you know what? It, it it's really good. Even even despite the few nitpicks I have here and there, and the the changes I would make, it's 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 a strong film. And it's funny, uh, very similar. I was at eight out of ten when we did it on the twenty two shot show last year, and I came up a half point. I went to eight and a half. Nice, nice. nice. Well, I, I'm at a nine. I'd like to go higher because I love it. But I had to be true to myself. The, the first half is a 10. The second half is an 8. It balances out to a 9. That, that's yeah, you know what? That's, that's a good way of looking at it because I could definitely agree with that first half being practically flawless. And then, I you know, the, the few nitpicks, you know, in the second half could make it an 8. So I like that justification for giving it a 9. Cool. All right. Pretty good. I hope anyone listening that hasn't seen it has been convinced to see it if, if for whatever reason they never thought to watch it. But uh, this movie deserves more... Uh, more recognition, I think. For sure. But, For sure. All right, well, what's next? Um, actually, I don't really know my numbers by heart. I'll just go with number seven. <laughs> number seven. <laughs> What's number seven? <laughs> okay. You do the math on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's four. <laughs> oh, my God. Five. Every time. <laughs> He's going through pages seven. and everything. <laughs> this, this is going to get confusing. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at this. I went from your pick to my pick. Ooh, nice. And my pick is 1982's The Incubus. Starring John Cassavetes. Okay, this one. Incubus, 1982. A small town's doctor takes matters into his own hands after a series of gruesome and bizarre rape crimes perplex the clueless authorities. Well, another one that we're not going to talk about tonight is The Entity. And when you think of the entity and you think of Amityville 2 and you think of there's a lot of like rape and, and there's just a lot of more like like darker themes and dark, or darker uh, horrific elements to these movies that I don't think you see like 82 really wins me over when you actually look at like maybe the top 20 films of the year. Wow, there is a lot of rape, though. Holy shit. You're rape, right. was, rape was very big in 82, apparently. Yeah, yeah, even Jason. Jason may have raped that girl, according to the way some people believe. Part 3 was in 82. Lloyd? You know? yeah. Should we be saying this about him? I mean, <laughs> he, he runs our freaking network. I mean, we're, we're going to bed. What's a rape? Oh, he was making oh, love. dog is driving me crazy. <laughs> oh, that's Gordon. Jason raped him, too. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Gordon. <laughs> Gordon, Gordon. So anyway, yeah, lots of rape in 82. <laughs> oh, man. I got to tell you, this movie this movie is a hidden gem. 
I, I agree. Ooh. It's it is a it is a strange film though. Very very trippy. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm in a dream watching this movie at times. It's so well filmed for a movie that I I I I told this story before, but because this is the first time we're discussing it on our show, I'll tell it quickly again. I caught this on I believe regular TV late at night one night, and I'm like, holy shit, that looks like Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. And don't tell me it was. It is. Before he joined what? Iron Maiden, he was in a band, Samsung, and that was Bruce Dickinson is the the singer in that band, in the wow. bar with the light in the fog and, and the and, and the mist and the guy singing. Yeah, that crazy that's Bruce shit Dickinson. That... Yeah. From oh, Iron that Maiden. was a I, that was a weird scene too. What was that? Were they at a concert or a movie? Like, what was going on that there? Was weird. That was strange, I, I thought, but it was awesome I thought it was at a, the same I time. Thought they were going to like to see something that looked like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Exactly. Yet I didn't know if it was a live version or if it was a movie. It looked like it both. It looked like it looked like a live performance in, in front of, of of a screen. That's what it, it looked like. It looked like a rock video being filmed, but yeah. nobody was filming. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like—a video. It was but weird. I, uh, like oh. John Cassavetes, that's his name, right? Yeah. He's cool, man. Yeah, he's got, he is. This, he's got this like swagger and the kind of look to him. He, he looks exactly like Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, there's a little he, similarity. He, there's definitely a little similarity yeah. there. Great. I I don't know. It, it, it's a bizarre movie because there's these sort of uh, they're they're kind of playing with. Are we supposed to? We're taken along for a ride, right? And we're suspecting that it's this boy the whole time. Uh, to then be sort of given the plot twist at the end? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it really, it's called Incubus. It's funny, it's called The Incubus everywhere except in the film where it's just called Incubus. Yeah. And then at the very Ooh. end, isn't it really a succubus? And I'm Is not, it a succubus? Am I, and I'm saying that correctly? I thought a woman. Yes. Well, let me think about this. It's a monster, but it's, hmm. Isn't it revealed to be her? I think it's an incubus because it could take on any form. When it takes on a female form, it becomes a succubus. When it takes on the male form, it becomes a, what, just incubus. an incubus? Yeah. Wait a minute. You you think that the grandmother is the one behind the whole thing? No, the no, the, the they, woman. they 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 set you up to believe that. You, oh, you're... wait a minute, Miss Kincaid, the hot chick. Yeah, Miss Kincaid. Yeah, Ooh. Laura Kincaid, the reporter. Yeah, you think she's the, the the incubus? What do you mean? She, she is, is that, the incubus. Is that what happened? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I got. Like I'm confused. sorry, listeners, but we're starting out right at the end here. Like yeah, Laura Kincaid, our you know our hot journalist played by uh, what's her name? Um, what I don't it? know. Pretty girl, um, man. Uh, Carrie Keen. Well, she goes home at the end. She goes in that. No, she goes home with. Uh, did reveal? Yes, but I didn't she know. Goes that. home with Doctor Cordell, with Sam and the daughter Jenny, and with Tim, and. Uh, it's, you know, through the series of events that plays out at the end, it is revealed that she is, in fact, an incubus. So that would be a succubus. But but there are some confusing facts that I was going to wait because I thought we were going to, like, talk a little bit more about the beginning. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my bad. I, I no, just got no, confused. That, I, think it was, I think it was my bad. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. I'm just, you know, I was thinking another film, two in a row, where – Another strange family. Like, although it, it never becomes anything, the one of the very first scenes we see with Doctor Cordell is Cordell. Yes, is uh, <laughs> is uh, he's you know he comes home, he walks up the stairs, and he decides to wa- watch his daughter while she's uh, taking a shower. It's so bizarre. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, really, again? 
I guess wow. he just misses his wife. Like, oh, man. Look at that tush. I didn't even catch that. Oh, wow. Jeez. He watched his daughter take a shower? Yeah, the door happens to be over and he peeks in and, you know, you, you see like a profile of her naked and stuff. And it's just very off-putting. And I guess it's just meant to just immediately cast doubt on the, on this guy because I feel like that's what this movie really is. It's just a bunch of red herrings. The Galen family, played by Tim and his grandmother, um, Agatha, are really terrific because you, you, you're made to believe from, from the very beginning that this is the source of of what's going on, the, sur- the source of the evil here. Because not only is Tim obviously dreaming about the murders before they're happening or while they're happening, but, you know, Agatha being the grandmother is acting very uh, – very shady. She knows. She sees what. Some, she sees that there's something up with him, but she's sort of like in the background, almost observing. And we don't really find out why until later on, it, which is really clever and really well done in terms of like the big reveal in the end. But Where you immediately come of, I guess that's the thing. Obviously, then you're right, Brandon, because there's they talk about semen, lack of semen in certain cases. Yeah. But then there's tons of semen in another. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they talk about a dry ejaculate. Yeah, and they talk I, about I, her almost busting at the seams from how much semen there is. Yeah. Man, that's freaking crazy. That's that's a lot of semen. Yeah, I'll see. What is this, Fleet Week? <laughs> <laughs> There's some good kills, though, man. There was the good kills in the, bar- in the barn. When he shoots his foot off or blows his foot away, too. Oh, my gosh. It's so cool. So cool. I Again, it's... This has a little bit of a, a more leisurely pace to it, uh, but it works for the film. It's, it builds. And it's another Halloween 3. This fucking guy is a surgeon. He's doing fucking detective work. Hooks up with a younger girl. Not only that, the police it, the police are like, they, right. he's immediately called in whenever something happens. Yeah, I know. Like The like, police are be a... like, we better run this by the surgeon. Yeah, Hank the sheriff is just like, all right, all right, Sam, we need you. He's like, he shows up at every crime scene, and it's yeah, you're right. It's it is. Yep, there's semen here. Oodles <laughs> of it. Oh man, but there's just it's 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 almost very like uh, confusing when you first start watching this film. I always find the first like half hour like not all over the place, but just very trippy and almost like. Very, it, it is confusing. I'll say confusing. I mean, it, it is. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Are we dealing with something su- supernatural? Is it just a regular killer? What the hell's going on? Well, I think that's you what know? they wanted, right? They, to build. Uh, yeah, but the kills are very dreamlike and stuff. You know, the uh, the woman in the museum, that kill is just like creepy and terrifying. Again, another uh, sort of we don't see what's doing it. You just kind of you see the expression on her face, and it's just sheer terror. We don't see the monster until the final minutes, two, three minutes, two minutes of the movie and you get a glimpse of the monster, but the movie works. This, this is like a movie that now I've watched twice. Well, three times. If you include the time that I saw it way back when, and uh, realized that was Bruce Dickinson way back when. And I never hear anybody talking about this. Yeah. Ever. Right. And, and, and it's a solid film. It's Canadian too. That's not why I'm I'm I'm, I'm glowing about it right now. I just I, again I don't know if I brought this point up before, but this was filmed about an hour away from here, both in Toronto and Guelph. And it's just it's just kind of cool because I like that. I like when 
you find out little things like, hey, I, I dig this movie. And then you, you'll look into a little bit of the history of it. And then you realize, oh, shit, this is filmed in my neck of the woods and it's Canadian. But again, the budget for this, take a wild guess at what this budget was without looking at IMDb. What would you think it was? Well, now, now, I want, now, now I want to guess low, but it feels like, it feels like it's higher, especially given the set pieces, the performances and stuff. But five hundred thousand. I, I was going to say three hundred thousand. Five point one million. What? What? Yeah. Where yeah. the hell did it go? <laughs> I guess John Cassavetes was like uh, doing lots but, of coke. That's just estimated, but five point one million. Now it sounds like we're shitting on the film. No, because I actually like the movie. Yeah, me the too. Movie, the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous in this. Like, it's it, that's what I'm saying. Like, for a movie that you really haven't heard much of, like I that's why I, I saw it on Amazon Prime, and then we happened to be doing watching movies for the 22 shots 82 show last year. I put it on. I was like, this is a pretty decent movie. I scored it a seven out of ten. And I and I realized it was the movie with Bruce Dickinson in it. Of course, as I as I watched it, but I don't know. Like everything, but it, it it builds nicely. It's not overly long. No, it's not, and it doesn't go too deep into. Even though it is, you know, technically a, a supernatural film, it doesn't really focus so much on that until like really the se- the second half of the film. So it presents itself as more of a murder mystery throughout. So. You're not really concerned with, oh, what, what type of monster is it, rather than who is the monster. Again, some elements to, like, similar to another movie we're going to be reviewing later tonight as well. This this kid that's lost, that thinks he that he's the, the one doing everything. Very yeah. familiar. Yeah, these, are, these movies are similar as you started talking about, as we started talking about them. I was kind of getting crisscrossed a couple, because then he even said dreams are being involved, and, you know... Yeah, it's funny. Same year, and and yet there's some similarities. And the film of references is another one we're talking about tonight called The Sender. So, uh, man, how about that though? Now it makes sense about Kincaid because she said that she researched everyone in town. Remember, they, they she said that she was trying to figure out things, and she goes, "I researched everyone in town and every crime that's been committed." And I was thinking, I wrote that down because it sounds so ridiculous that she could research everyone in town in that short time. But ultimately, it was a misdirect. And I didn't realize that till now, because that that yeah. was my notes. It, my notes, the last things, the last four words from my notes for this film before the rating are still a little confused. <laughs> and now, now it's now I'm figuring out a little bit more. The red um, sperm. I would see a doctor sperm. about there about that about Ooh. dirt. <laughs> I just assumed that was blood. I no, it was a, it was a, it was a, demon. It was a more advanced like demon sperm that moved fast at a faster rate of speed. They even start talking about that, and you even yeah. see at one point, um, you you see one of the dead bodies. I think it was Roy who was the first guy killed. I think you see like a a big hole in his head, which makes you think that maybe they're not, you know, human. Yeah, they're not, that they're not inseminating in a natural human way. Oh, really? A little head action, huh? The whole so, got stall fucked you, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it looks like you got a header. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. It's an incubus. There you go. See? Isn't an incubus have to, like, a head to do with an incubator? You know what I mean? When you think of the word incubus, I think of somebody that's um, being incubated. You know? like, You know what I'm saying or no? I, I hear you. I don't think... 
<laughs> we all hear him right now. <laughs> well, I'm not explaining it. In my mind, it's like it's like the body is just a vessel. Check this out. Incubus, a storage vessel. Is a demon in a male form who, according to mytholo mythological and legendary traditions, lies upon sleeping women Boom. in order to engage in sexual activity with them. And then it says its female counterpart is a succubus. See? So then what's the deal here? So Maybe I think you... I think the, the title even is a misdirect, or, hmm. or am I am I wrong? Well, I, I believe in the film they do make reference to to this incubus being able to take on any form, which I guess in a way doesn't make a hundred percent sense if there actually is a distinct distinction between a male and female succubus. Yeah, it's like a male gigolo. Do you speak <laughs> it, it, does, it doesn't make any sense. All gigolos are male because if they're not a gigolo, they would be all males. All gigolos are male, but not all yes. male are gigolos. I love all this gigolos are male. You can't be a female gigolo. You can only be a male gigolo. That's what I'm saying. Just like incubus, you can only be a male incubus. So it doesn't make sense. Can you be a male madam? No, you could be uh, a male pimp. That's as far as you, you can take. Can you? Can you be a he bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you can be a. You could be a Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, um, the kills. Though. You, I think you brought it up, Dave. And the kills. Oh man, great stuff. I mean, obviously, shower scene. How about that? Oh, one? great. The the whole farm kill with um. Yep. I mean, that's the doctor's like uh, assistant who works in the morgue, mm -hmm. who gets killed. He's you know at the farm with his family. The dog. The dog gets the uh, the pitchfork. The father blows his foot off, and then uh, the daughters. You know, they have that cool shot because you don't see the girl in the shower. You, you see the girl in the shower. You see the shower break and her screaming cool. and stuff. And yeah. it's really cool. But the uh, you don't see the other daughter in the wheelchair get killed. But you do see her, like, freaking out. And you see the POV, like, under the door. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. well, it's, the oh, great. it's the wheelchair cam. Yeah, it's like the wheel yeah. cam. Yeah. <laughs> wheel. And oh, then wheels start. Yeah. Wheels. <laughs> you know what wheel. the problem was? She had a case of the bad legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my God! What were what were we talking about? That Baba. that That was the Baba movie. The Baba movie. And I, and I, <laughs> I, the I said like, yeah. was it Baba? Or <laughs> yeah. was it the other one? No, it was Baba. It was the bare blood. I said he had those bad legs, and then you said Brandon lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. Sometimes people, uh, some of our our group members, will post just a random quote on there from one of us. And I immediately die laughing because, like, I don't remember the quote at all. And it's always something freaking hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, I, I do not remember that, but that is hilarious. I was like, I was like, like you remember Jimmy over there? Jimmy? He was cursed with a case of them bad legs. <laughs> you know what I say? Sometimes, dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Dead is better. I just <laughs> I can go on and on with that. I just want to. I just want to make fun of that. Dead is better. <laughs> dead yes. is better. Dead so is better. Anyway, you know, sorry, I'm, I got totally no. off track there. <laughs> yeah, it's enjoying. I'm just. You talking about John Lithgow? I'm talking about. Jo I'm talking about John Lithgow. I'm talking about Jeb in the first movie. Uh, John Lithgow was, was in the day after also. That wow. was the other actor. I couldn't. I couldn't. Bring, I pictured him. I just couldn't say his name. Um, the scene in the movie theater is awesome. I mean, the girl getting attacked and. That's the one of the scenes where you see the uh, see the incubus. You see the arms pulling it out, and you could clearly see that it's a creature at this point. 
Now, one yes. thing, one thing that one thing that bothers me that doesn't make a hundred percent sense is that Agatha, Christy, <laughs> Galen, is the grandmother of a family that are known to be witch hunters. Why okay. is she? Why is she keeping this a secret for so damn long? That was my. That's what I'm. That was my confusion. Yeah, it, it, it is you. a little off putting. At one point, Hank, the the sheriff, starts to say something, and she even quiets him. Then, to like, hey, don't you dare! Like, you know, I I made you sheriff. I can, you know, take away your job or wh- whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and, and I'm thinking to myself, the way it plays out, it's like it doesn't make sense because she had good intentions the whole time. She even steals the dagger from the museum, which is. You know, the way in which uh, she expects uh, Tim to kill the incubus. She doesn't even tell Tim about his gift. I don't know. That's why I was confused when you said Miss Kincaid was involved. And that was it was her role. That's why I got confused. Well, what we eventually <laughs> find out is that Kincaid and Tim were actually brother and sister. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's the, that's which, which is another thing. I that forgot. Make, that was the an, thing. It's yeah. another thing that doesn't make sense. Because if she no. was born an incubus... And he and he was born of that evil family. I'm not saying that he necessarily had to become an incubus himself, but how was he blessed with the Galen power when technically by birth he wasn't a Galen, but yet he had this gift of uh, of, of sight, of you know seeing the future, seeing being able to uh, see the dreams and be a, a a witch hunter for, for lack of a better word. So it, it did get a little muddled there in the end. Well, because it, it's a quick reveal. Like, really, you're building, 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 and they give you this reveal within the last minute of the movie. I love it, though, because it's such a great scene when they're embracing, and he, and he, and he looks over the shoulder and sees the daughter dead, and you're like, he's like, I fucked up. And what's with him uh, massaging Tim's uh, jowls, like trying to relax? <laughs> he's like, it's like, <laughs> like, like, dude. What does, he to, what does he keep saying to that rape victim in the hospital? Hey there, tough guy. Yeah, tough guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tough guy. You'd be standing there, tough guy. Were you gang raped or was it one guy? <laughs> yeah. Like, Were you gang raped? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let her breathe for a minute. Who, who raped you? Leave her alone. <laughs> right? Monster. Monster. Oh, I will tell you, this, is, this movie, though, is going to go in the rotation now, man. It's become like a new little, like I said, it's not perfect. It's not, like, I don't consider it great yet but I, I it's a very good movie that i i've enjoyed watching now it's been two years in a row so i think i'll just keep watching it once a year yeah you know as you know it was my pick and i, I enjoy the film a lot even though i do have issues with it again why would there be evidence of of dry sperm in anyone if he's used if the incubus is using these bodies to procreate to create a race of succubi or incubi uh- was I mean, there dry sperm, or was he just saying there was no sperm? Yeah, no, or no sperm, or he said, he said yeah, no sperm, yeah, because he said a, a dry, a dry ejaculation or whatever, meaning what? no, no sperm, or no semen. A dry, well, whatever. All sperm is semen, but not all semen is sperm. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, he buzz. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. He liked that one. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You're bringing up you're bringing up questions that I didn't even have, that I wasn't even thinking of. But this is what we do in the show, and then suddenly, like, I, I can't let that ruin my enjoyment. I'd have to go back and watch it again to see if that if that even um, bothers me. But 
No, this was a second time watch for me, and and the reason why I picked it is because the first time I saw it, I remember being like, "This is a a weird, trippy movie," but there's there's something intriguing about it, and and it's it's entertaining. So I mean, it it's got that going for it, but there are some issues that I don't know. Maybe other people can can help me wrap my head around. But you know, the even though you know we learned that the uh, the incubus is is you know there to procreate there's never really much focus on uh, on the why it's just it's just really more about the murder investigation so it doesn't it doesn't dive deep enough into the the lore of it like it says it's a little rushed in that in that third act once you know agatha's looking in the book and then again the relationship because the mother was it the, the second wife like remember the, there's like, god now he's going into yeah i, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't, don't have the answers to these, remember yeah. there was you know because because laura kincaid looks exactly like his second wife i forgot all that's about why you're so intrigued by him yeah yeah she's so intrigued by her so they're she right takes now. on the form of the of the second wife and then there, there's a flashback of uh oh yeah her being dead and, and the accident and all that yeah. Right. Yeah. She. Yeah. That's right. It, it's there's there's a lot that confuses me about this movie, but it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of it. It doesn't take away from my enjoyment. I I suppose not. I just wish I knew. I know. I should. I, I'm lying. It, it does take away from my enjoyment. <laughs> because if I well because if, because if I would understand it, then I would like it more. It's just for me that that's just common sense. If I you know what I mean, I'm just, I'm too confused. So if I know what's happening and it's explained to me, then I have a better experience watching it. So, yeah, I have to take that back. But it's not a bad movie by any means. I just, I would, like I said, my last four words in my notes are, right before my rating, still a little confused. And that, that, that's what it comes down to for me. I was just a little confused. So where did you rate it? I rated, funny enough, I rated it the same thing you rated it the first time you saw it. Seven out of ten. Okay, and it's funny because I'm not, I'm not, I, I just went up a little bit higher. I went to seven and a half out of 10. I, I just said, you know what? This is a really good movie. Well made. It, 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 it's gripping. I love the acting. I love the cinematography. It's got some good gore scenes. And I love how it unfolds. And I still forgot that the, the double twist at the end, to be honest, even after seeing it last Me year. Me too. <laughs> there you go. I forgot it too. So next time I watch it, it's all about the second view. I have a little more I'm prepared now because of this discussion, honestly, because of what I've – it isn't that I didn't, I didn't retain it. I saw it on my screen. I processed it for a minute, took my notes, but I forgot. You know what I mean? It just – the discussion tonight will help, and now when, next time I go into it, I'll have a, a better idea as to what's happening here. But good movie. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, uh, I'm right there kind of in between you guys, 7.25. Wow, there we are. Okay, interesting. Right between. All right, what are we doing next, boys? Who's picking? See? Uh, number one. Number <laughs> okay, one. That, that's easy. <laughs> All <laughs> right, that is basket case. Or is it basketball? What do I have written? <laughs> basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't read my own handwriting. Basket case. I got to bring up the... <laughs> Oh, this fucking guy. Written and directed by Mr. Frank Hananavala. Hananavala! <laughs> a young man carrying a big basket that contains his extremely deformed Siamese twin brother seeks vengeance on the doctors who separated them against their will. 
See, you said in a text to us that you thought this was slow. Like, slow that it was driving you, it was ruining your enjoyment slow? I don't hate this movie, but I feel like this has a cult following that just I don't get. It's, I think it's about the colorful characters and the fact that this guy went out and just made a movie. Um, and I, I, I love it. It's got a lot of charm. And that's, again, it's not a perfect film. I actually, my favorite of his movies is Brain Damage. But for... for, for Me too. For, yeah, Brain Damage is my favorite too. I'm not a big Frankenhooker fan at all. I never saw that and I have no desire to. Oh, I like James Lorenzo. That's my uh, that's my guilty pleasure of that movie because he's so good. I just just a name, it. just a name for me. It's it sounds too comical. Frankenhooker. I, I, I have your story I, of sluts and bolts. I, I saw oh, okay. du- I saw Dwayne at a convention. One oh, year I was at a convention. Cool? Yeah, he was really. Good. I was just standing there and and I look over and and he's standing right next to me. He was at. Did he have a basket no, no, with him? No, he's, he's, he's super huge. He starts talking about the weather because it was raining out. I was like, oh, one of these fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say this. Basket Case, I think the reason it does have, on top of what C said with the, the quirky characters and all that, which are the charm of the film, because uh, that, that's one of my notes. I, I love all the, the hotel characters and everything else. Just the, the oddball premise, just this that he's carrying this thing around in, in, in a basket. And when, when, you know, that it's this deformed twin, it's just, it's a very unusual idea. There's no other movie like it, at least not prior to this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're yeah. exactly no, revenge mean, on, yeah. on the doctors that bought, botched up or separated them and fucked everything <laughs> up. I think it's, uh, it's kind of simple, but that's what makes it so good too. It's a revenge story. See, I, I, like, I don't know, like, I get that, that it's a simple revenge story, but I'm more on board with it in terms of rating it favorably because of the absolute comedic side of it, whether it be the horrendous acting just from the very opening. I mean, that guy who played Dr. Livlander, like, that, that scene is just hilarious with him, like, just shooting at shadows. Like, it, I, I was dying laughing. I mean, and, uh, you know, just the, the comedic elements from that, the, the guy who runs the motel. He's the best character in the whole movie. <laughs> because I don't think they're actors. I think that he actually got these true-to-life characters, like people that lived. Obviously, there's some that are actors. I think some of them are just people that are in that building. Yeah. Yeah, I can buy that. I find it funny that Belial doesn't unwrap his cheeseburgers. <laughs> I, I do. I laugh at that. I'm like, why is he eating the wrappers? Why not? What's wrong with eating paper if you don't know any better? It's like a dog. You know, if you if you gave a burger to a dog that was wrapped in a McDonald's bag, the dog would eat right through the paper and it would eat the burger inside. But let so me ask you this. a creature. What would Pepita do? <laughs> <laughs> I think Pepita would give up. She probably wouldn't be able to eat the wrapper. But yeah. if she could, I think she would eat the wrapper and the food. I don't know. She's smarter than most dogs, so maybe not. The majority of dogs, I think, would eat right through the wrapper. <laughs> probably right. My, my wife just confirmed it. She would not eat a wrapper. <laughs> Yeah, but most dogs would, correct? <laughs> Probably. No, you know, I think my dog would try to eat around the wrapper. My wife said that she would let that Pepita would let Bailey eat eat it, the wrapper and all, and then she would go after the burger and what was left, you know, because yeah, because she's smart. Yeah. There it is. You asked, <laughs> anyway, Brandon. We all got the fucking answer now. <laughs> we got the answer. I, Irene happened to be here at the right place at the right. I'm bringing time. it up because I don't even it, know it like where to out. where to start with this. Like I don't I don't know what to talk about. Where it's, are you gonna it's, start? It's, it's basket case. You yeah, got, I know. You got Belial, you got Belial in the basket. 
jumping I, love that, I love that he takes him to a movie. I, I think that's hilarious. <laughs> he just has the basket in the seat next to him. Well, yeah, yeah, well, why not? For a low-budget movie, because this was filmed, I think, didn't we give it, didn't we break the news the last time? Was it like $35,000? It was on the cheap, that's for damn sure. I don't know if, if we broke any news, but I... I know. What are we, CNN here? <laughs> <laughs> this is just it. Basket Case filmed for $35,000. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> this <laughs> is CNN? Yeah. You call yourselves a fucking... Yeah. Budget, $35,000 estimated. We'll do it live. I'll write it myself. We'll do it live. Jesus fucking Christ. Every time I come on this place, some jerk-off's got to start with this. Running a gym. (laughs) Running a gym? I believe Dwayne is now running a gym. (laughs) With blood. With dice, yeah, with clay, excuse me. With clay. <laughs> Belial could do some chin ups, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I love the look of Belial. But that's so, it. It's so funny. <laughs> he looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable? <laughs> I don't know why. That's the look on his face. He just looks like like he's trying to stretch his neck out. <sighs> I do I do like his design, and I do like when he kills and the blood splattering and things like that, and, and most of the kills. I even like the stop motion stuff. I dig it. Again, I do too. I do it's too. the charm. It's the charm yeah. of the film. I, you're never going to get stuff like that again. You know, it, it, maybe, it's a good kill oh. with, uh, with Needleman. The look of Needleman's face after. Yeah. You know, you yes, know why? Because this is when people experimented with film and were trying something new. Now we've been there, done that. Everything's digital. So when someone tries to do those things, it just comes across really shoddy, and it doesn't look like there's heart to it. Uh, $35,000, shoot it on film. Uh, and at the end, it's a tragic story. Like, they they both are supposed to be dead. And then, of course, I guess he was offered money to make two follow-up movies. So then he made them survive the fall. <laughs> I've never seen the sequels. I love yeah. two. I love two. I know, Dave, you don't like it. Three's a little too much, but I do like two a lot. I haven't seen them in years, though. I, I saw two and three right when they got released, and they were just, from, again, I'm just going by memory. When I was a kid running them, they were just too goofy. And What was the one when Bilal got it on with uh, two. a female? Okay. <laughs> Bilal gets it on. Yeah, there's a little humor. Of course. You make, you're making me it. like one better just because of where Bilal's character development goes oh, in part two. Yeah, you, I don't. I don't think you'll like two and three. This is the most horrific. This is this hit. There's there's no charm in the other ones like there is this. It's just this is New York City. It's grimy and it's just they don't have that in the other ones. It becomes more of a, a maniac feel to it. Like right, exactly. Shot like guerrilla style filmmaking. Yeah. Shoot and we'll, we'll edit it together like on the fly almost. Like that, that's that's why I just love that vibe. Me too. I do dig it. I understand why people like it. Like, like you were saying, I just, I don't think if people are walking around saying that this is an all time classic, like 10 out of 10 or something like that, then I could see you saying, well, it's, you know, it's being pushed too hard in, in your opinion, it's overrated in for for the genre fans. And I I could see where where you're saying that because it does come up an awful lot. It does. And I, you know what? Maybe maybe it's not even so much about the fact that it gets brought up a lot. I hear people's ratings of it, and I feel like people rate this film extremely high. And I, 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 I agree. I don't, I don't know if I can. That reviewer that I loved uh, reading growing up, Chaz Bumlin, he, the guy that started Deep Red Magazine, he, has this as one, he had this as one of his favorite movies. Gave it four skulls out of four skulls. Like he loved it. He said it's a personal favorite. And okay, yeah. And to each of all, like I mean, that he he said it was one of his 
favorite. No, it's not okay for him to like it. But let's shame him. I definitely do. <laughs> I definitely like it. I'm not, by no means is it perfect, but that charm does win me over. I mean, there's yeah. not a, not a shitload lot to say about it. It's a pretty straightforward revenge flick. I think it's great how long we wait to see who, who Belial is. I think they, <laughs> they 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 dragged that out just long enough to keep your interest there. Uh, and I do like the mental connection between him and Dwayne. That's yeah, I like that. that. Link. I thought that was pretty I think, cool. I think it's paced really well. Even though Brandon said that, that it was slow, I think that we get our introduction to the characters. We get all the stuff going on at the hotel. We we get the backstory. Then we get the flashbacks. And when he tells the story to uh, to his neighbor friend when they go out for drinks. And then we hear the whole thing. And we go on for 20 minutes. In the middle of the movie, we flash back to how we got here. And I like that. I, that that brings the film up. Like Otherwise, it would have been – to me, it would have been too slow if they would have tried to do other things and maybe killed uh, maybe a random person or two just for the sake of doing it. You know, but and, this and, and, and you know, Belial doesn't do that. He doesn't kill random people like like the guy no. who tries to steal him at the movie theater. He just kind of, you know, rips him up a little. Well, he peoples? kills the guy with <laughs> peoples, Mario Van Peoples. <laughs> Mario Van Peoples. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to. Well, what, like, I, I, mean, I do like I do like the backstory. I do like the backstory in there with, with the loving aunt that you know yeah. didn't want to separate them and the father. I like the way. I like the the irony of how the father gets killed. Yes, <laughs> getting split into. <laughs> it, it's great. Yeah, it, it's freaking great. And how about the operation? I, I love that scene and the noises you hear. When oh, that crunching, it. that Ooh. crunch sound. I don't yes. like that. That that icks me out, man. It's done so well. It's like, ooh, you yeah, believe no, that is. that could be an operation? I mean, for the budget, like you said, thirty-five k. What they accomplish here? Yeah, boy, absolutely. And Dwayne's. We can't do that now. You know, if the three of us had thirty-five thousand, I don't think we could make something with the effects that that and the way they pulled it off in this film nowadays. Even I don't even know anyone named Bilal, so I don't even know where I'd start. (laughs) (laughs) Make some (laughs) Play-Doh. How about how he has the red eyes in the in 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 the uh, towards the end? I wish he had them the whole movie. Bilal, I thought that's when he's linked. I thought that's when he was linked to Dwayne, like the mental link. Doesn't he get the red eyes? Does he get the case oh. of the red eyes? <laughs> he got the case of them. Re- he can't get the bad legs since he doesn't have legs. <laughs> Gets the red eyes. Oh man! Good stuff. I yep. again, there's not so much you can say. Like again, without Mother. spoiling, you got to check it out. It's it, it's low budget, but it defies its budget. It it was also smart that um you know in terms of story the way uh, Dwayne actually I forgot if it's in the I think it's when he's talking to Casey. The neighbor when they're they're drunk and they're cracking wise and they're making jokes and that's that's a good scene. I think he even references that since their separation, Belial still has the the telepathic ability or the the, the ability to to read Dwayne's mind, but Dwayne lost that ability, which really makes sense, and especially towards the end when Belial decides to go after Sharon. Well, because isn't he trying to use? Was he trying to get Dwayne to kill, or was he trying to get Dwayne to fuck her? Because I thought there was a point where, like, I get the impression that he wants her to, wants Dwayne to, to score with her so that he could feel some sort of pleasure through that. But then he's jealous of him. So then he, I think then it turns into murder. Yeah, well, it turns into murder because, you know, he, you know, Dwayne starts lying to him and uh, he gets the impression that, that he's going to be alone. <laughs> Belial's so dark. needy. <laughs> <laughs> 
In the dark. <laughs> oh, alone in the dark. Oh, why okay. so needy? He is needy. <laughs> no, not really, though. He doesn't even want to watch TV. He walks out of the room, and he and he goes, here, I'll put on the TV for you. And he, Dwayne doesn't even bother to freaking adjust it so the guy can watch TV. <laughs> he, go, he goes to change the channel, and he breaks it. Bilal's fucking useless. He's one of those he's guys. Dead. He's like, here, I got you a TV. Yeah. You know, just watch it. He goes to change the channel, and he immediately breaks it. It's like, Bilal, like... Man. Look at his hands. What do you want from the guy? <laughs> He's got like one big long hand. He's got like Freddy hand. Got like a dew claw. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if he had an ass to wipe, you know? <laughs> an ass to wipe. Well, think about that. Imagine trying to wipe your <laughs> ass with that hand. I like when he's hiding in the toilet. That's funny. You, oh, you, you see him pop up in the toilet. <laughs> I love when he goes nuts and, tore, and tears apart the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? He must take a shit. He is human. Wow. Boy, that's got to suck. Let's him freaking wipe his ass with. Oh, I know what he wipes his ass with. Those freaking uh, McDonald's wrappers. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> He doesn't eat them. He keeps them in the basket. No, <laughs> he, he does wipes. eat them. They, they, just, they just wipe them on the way out. <laughs> he eats Maybe burgers he like ass. Cookie Monster eats cookies. <laughs> yes. I, that, that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so small. He's only he's like the size of two burgers. <laughs> I can't believe this is where the conversation is gone. He's so small. Has he so many burgers? Can you imagine him at Coney Island in the hot dog eating contest? <laughs> yeah, they could have entered him. He could have beaten up that one guy. Yeah, Joey he's Chestnut. Like- Joey Chestnut. Yeah, yeah, I got I got Bilal, I got Bilal Goldenstein here. I don't know what's, what's their list. Do they even Goldenstein. <laughs> I don't know why Bilal seems he makes Jewish. It Jewish. <laughs> I mean Bilal Jewish. Jewish Bilal. <laughs> I want to see a Jewish Bilal. Wanna... He's circumcised. <laughs> that was the problem. He was over circumcised. It took too much off. <laughs> the whole lower half. I'm an eight. I'm an eight out of ten. I was an eight out of ten. I think when we did it. Last year, I'm still at eight out of ten. Well, I'm at a seven and a half, just like last year. Seven and a half. I'm just below a seven. I'm at six point seven five. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate it. I just, I, I'll continue to watch it. Don't get me wrong. I've seen it a bunch of times. It just, so many people like it. It's like a go-to film for them, and they just have a love affair with it. I just, I don't know. I'm not what? there, but. I enjoyed talking about it more than I enjoyed watching it. This is yeah. Maybe I'll enjoy it more next time when I'm thinking about, you know. Cookie, cookie, cookie. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> You'd be thinking about Bilal bleaching his asshole. <laughs> with his thumb. With his dew claw. I, I think that Amityville 2 should get the recognition that Basket Case gets. I think that should be. Yes, yes. Yeah, I agree with that. If nothing else comes from this show, maybe things can start going in that direction. I do love the reveal, the, the <laughs> one little twist we get here, the reveal that the, the uh, female doctor was actually a vet. <laughs> oh, I know. What an insult. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man, that was funny. And the hard death, like, that was that was funny with, you know, with the, the scalpel sticking out of her head. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, and that girl sure was pushy. I'll tell you that. Boy, she wanted some of that Dwayne action. My gosh, I, I liked I, it. She was, ooh. she was, she was just the right amount of crazy. <laughs> yeah, I dig her. Something about her, right? Yeah. All right, basket case. Well, oh, I'm gonna pick a number. Okay, I'm going to pick number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. What you got? Oh, based on my handwriting, I believe that says 
Poultry Geist? Ah, yes, the Lord of the Chicken Dead. Night of the Chicken Dead. Oh, Lord, okay. Lord of the Chicken <laughs> Lord of the Chicken Dead. It's Michael Flannery. What was his name? Yeah, Michael. The guy from Lord Michael, of the Dance. Michael Flatley. Flatley. Oh, <laughs> you know what? You know what I was thinking of? I think I think Phantasm Three is called Lord of the Dead. Am I right? Yeah, but I think you said oh. I think said Lord of the Dance. Lord of the Chicken <laughs> Dead. The dance? No. I feel like Lord of the Chicken Dead. That's a poultry geist three should be called Lord of the Chicken Dance. Or let me let me tell you something. I know it's completely off topic, but have you guys seen Poultry Geist? No, I can't watch a movie called that. Just like Dude, I, I tell you what, it's a lot of people's favorite trauma film. I've heard that. Okay. I have I put it on. I turned it off after ten minutes. I thought it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I literally could not. I, you know me. Yeah. I can't. I never stopped. Gravy. Moving. Yeah. True. And I was like, this True. is fucking garbage. And I like trauma too, but this was fucking garbage. I remember. True. I remember putting it on and doing the same thing, Braden. I think I was just like, they're trying to force this message movie esque. The same thing happened to me with um, what's that fourth movie called that everyone told me was so good? Citizen Toxie. Everyone said like I, I saw two and I saw three back when they first were dropped and I was like they were okay but nowhere near as good as the first. And then I remember rumblings when the internet age began. People started pushing Citizen Toxie on me. Oh, this takes it back to the first one. It's great. This, that, the other thing. So I sat down and watched Citizen Toxie and me and friends, same people that I watched the first one with when I was kids, when we were kids, sit down and watch it. And it was all about the diaper mafia and this, and it was shit joke after shit joke. And I was like, no, this is not like the first Toxic Avenger. We watched it about 20 minutes and shut the damn thing off. Same thing. Did you guys see Citizen Toxie? Yeah, it's, I, I'm not a big fan. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm, I, People were know, blowing the, it. I man. could take the first one after that. They're right. kind of, yeah. Yeah, this this fourth one did not bring it back. I don't know what people are talking about, but that's that's it was kind of pimped up. And I was like, okay, but. No, no, I was like, sorry, but anyway, how do I don't know how we got there, but because we're doing because we're doing poltergeist. So poltergeist led us to citizen taxi and the diaper mafia. Well, led us to poultry guys, which led us to trauma talk. <laughs> and it led us to poultry guys, Lord of the Chicken Dead. <laughs> All right, so I we got poultry guys. Yeah, go ahead. Written by Steven Steven Spielberg, directed by we don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you uh, what, I have a theory, and we'll get to it. Talk. All right. It looks it looks like Spielberg. (laughs) Yes, but but ET came out a week before or a week after this. There's no way you could tell me that Spielberg directed two movies at the freaking same time. And this maybe Tobe directed (laughs) ET. Yeah, they swapped. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. All right, so we got Poltergeist from 82, and the B description is quite simple. A family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. Man, that's not even close, uh, but <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so happy. Ratings. That Christine chose this movie uh, of all the movies you could choose from this year because any excuse to watch it, I'm going to watch it. This is a movie like The Shining that I'll watch twice a year, every year. But without question, I, I've seen this so many times since I was a kid. This movie is such a comfort movie to me, even more so than Amityville, because I grew up with it more. Yeah. I, it came out at the perfect time, you know, when it came just like just like E.T., which is one of my favorite movies, period. You know, so, man. It's got traumatic scenes in it, man. The guy ripping his face off, stuck with me as a fucking kid. The maggoty chicken, the, the creepy, the crawling steak, all that shit mm. stuck with me. 
throughout yep. the years. And still to this day, this movie's got legs, man. It's got them good legs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It don't have a case of the bad legs. No, it's got them, man. It, it PG. PG horror. Not even PG-13, right? Crazy. They didn't F-13 until, uh, Raider, or until Temple of Doom, I thought. And then you mentioned something else earlier. Red Dawn. He mentioned, he mentioned Red Dawn, but I was always... You know what? I got to be honest. I always thought it was Temple of Doom also. The first time I ever saw it, just going by my memory as a kid and being surprised and seeing a new rating was Red Dawn. I remember being at the theater and either seeing a poster for it because I was there to see something else or seeing an advertisement like a commercial and seeing it there and seeing PG-13. And it's always been Red Dawn for me. It blew your mind. You're like, am I getting a cartoon or am I going to see rape? What the hell am I getting here? <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Gremlins. What year did Gremlins come out? 84? Yeah. Okay, I remember being in line at the University Cinema in Buffalo to go see Gremlins. And there was a somebody put up a sign that worked in the theater and it said, like above the ticket booth, that it's these are the words it said. Even though Gremlins is rated PG, is a PG rated movie, we would somehow they basically said we would like to inform you that there are some there are some intense scenes that may be unsuitable for younger children. And so I remember seeing that and thinking, wow, I've never seen that before. That's something that they decided to put up, or maybe maybe the studio told them to put it up. So I always thought well, that was the movie that led to the advent of PG thirteen. If Gremlins came out in 82, there would have been a lot more Mugwai incest. <laughs> and rape. All right. And rape. <laughs> and that's poltergeist, everybody. And that's poltergeist. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about poltergeist? I guess not. But you know what, Dave? You know, you talk about it being a go-to movie, you know, oh, annually or, or whatever. Oh, oh, and uh, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Poltergeist is one of those movies that I don't realize how much I like until I see it again. I don't. I don't feel like I, I'm always like, oh, I'm not gonna go back and watch that. I, you know, I've seen it enough. And then every time I watch it, I'm like, it really is a fantastic film. And you know, yeah. it just kind of, it's like I'm never really in the mood to sit down and watch. It. And then you put it on, I'm like, why don't I watch this more? That's, Dude, that's my experience with Poltergeist. I hear like, the national anthem and I think of Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> how about that? That's yeah. how much I'm into it. I because that's the movie that when I hear that played anywhere, it takes you back to the opening scene in Poltergeist. <laughs> that's how ingrained this movie is to me. <laughs> so. I I can see where the thought of Spielberg comes in. I know that there's been a lot of like on set talk from the actors or whatever like that, but it starts as a Spielberg movie with the whimsical music, the bike, and like, and then the just with the the guy being able to turn his neighbor's TV with the remote control, <laughs> and like back and forth, like it's it's Ooh, very it's very lighthearted, good natured. That feels very Spielbergian. Yeah, Mister Tuthill. True, but yeah, but then like the and the, even the face ripping off shades of like Raiders of the Lost Ark. The whole it's end fair. part with Belloc's head exploding. Belial. Belial's <laughs> head exploding. Wait a minute. What was that, part four? <laughs> wasn't Indy, wasn't Indy uh, you know, with his eyes closed on the post screaming, Belial! Yeah, yeah. I remember it slightly different. but <laughs> Close your eyes. Belial! Close your eyes. You got to edit that one. That should be our next movie <laughs> on, on, on our channel. So people can give that a million thumbs down. <laughs> Brandon's. <laughs> this is the way Brandon wanted to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Black! Black! <laughs> oh, shit. 
Woof. So anyway, anyway uh, yeah. And then, so then I get all, I get those comparisons, but I don't really care who directed it at the end of the day. It, what we've got is a great film. Yeah. And that, it, that's even with the TV technology with the white snow and everything like that and the dated practical or, or uh, effects like um, some of them. Yeah. Ghost effects still fucking work and it's still scary. The ghost yep. effects are, are some of the best. I love it. It reminds mm-hmm. me of like, you know, when Ghostbusters did it later on, it just has that really, really creepy look to it. And I love uh that scene in the uh, living room when the investigators are there and the, the ghosts are coming down the stairs and it's just, oh man, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's really, it reminds me, it, I, I draw comparisons to Ghostbusters and how freaked out I was the first few times I saw that. Kind of plays out like two movies too, similar to um, how we were talking about Amityville too a little bit. There's a certain yes. point where you think, okay, it's over, then you forget, oh shit. Well, you don't forget because we've seen this movie so many times too, but there's, there's a whole other like 45 minutes or, or so to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, I don't know if it's that long after, but that's, that's my major issue. And that's probably the one the thing issue. that prevents me from giving this movie a 10 out of 10 is the fact that Tangina isn't able to realize that that evil presence is still around. You're right. She says, this house is clean. And she's I mean, she's so, she's so awesome. Like she's so, oh, she's the boss. Oh, she's she great. Is. She's, she's fantastic. And she's, Obviously, a very powerful person, but that's just that was a mistake. Fucking dead wrong. Well, sometimes yeah. evil is more powerful. What do you want? All right, all right. I, you know what? That's fine. I can why buy not? that. Yeah, well, I mean, why uh, the hell not? They, they can trick her. They, they, it's evil, man. It's freaking. And uh, the thing is, it seems like such a climactic scene at the end when. Not at the end, which, which, which you could believe is the end at first when they go in and rescue the daughter because he spent all this time, where's Carol Ann? What, let's get a girl back. They have the emotional moment with the husband and wife kissing and him going in and the music playing and the lights. And it, that's very Spielbergy too. It's very big budget looking and everything else. And it's grandiose the, 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 with the soundtrack and everything. And that could be a climax to a movie and it could work. But then after that, then they go away. You get a little bit of lull and then you have a climax that is freaking one of the best in horror. That balls to the wall. Everything that goes on. The clown. The fucking. The, the things coming up through the ground. The, the, the corpses. The, the swimming pool corpses. You son of a <laughs> bitch. You got rid of the tombstones, but you didn't get rid of the bodies. You got rid of the tombstones, but you didn't get rid of the bodies. <laughs> you only had stones. Why? Why? <laughs> he screams why twice at the yes. top of his lungs. Oh, he's and great. then he Wait, gets man, in the car. Yeah, and then they get in the car, they drive off, and the neighbors are there being blown to bits. Yeah. They're like... <laughs> very, very strategic pool digging, then, I will say. Yeah. Oh, just, that's, that's... just dig the pool in this area here. There's not so many dead bodies. <laughs> I know, I you wouldn't want that. If they just moved the headstones and left the bodies there, didn't, wouldn't you have thought that if someone tries to dig a pool, they just might uncover some bodies? <laughs> yeah. That's the fatal flaw in freaking. Fuck. Yeah, I know, but what? It's fine. It, it's still. Oh yeah. And you know, that's when you know it's a Spielberg movie. My dad said this when I was a kid. He goes, "This is a Spielberg film," and that's his words because of all the skeletons. He said Spielberg had a hard on for skeletons in this movie. And, and skeletons ha- could only Raiders have a hard Ar- on. <laughs> 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 and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is what what I turned to my dad and said. 
I gotta see this again, Dad. When Marion pulls, isn't that thing pulls it down and all the skeletons come on top of her and the yeah. snake comes out of that one and whatever. And then this one, they're all popping out of the ground. It's just, it's a big fun house. It, and it works. Holy. This is a fun, scary movie. This is the one where you're like, you're laughing. It's not like, it's not getting under your skin terrifying. Although there's maybe moments like that. This is like, I I have a big smile on my face, scared. Like it's a fun roller coaster. Yes, but that clown, but that clown is a bit much. It it always has. The clown and the fucking. And the tree and the freaking steak. The the, the face and all that shit. That's that's horrific. It's funny because as a kid, I would say that, um, the clown yeah. and, and the face were the most terrifying to me. Now watching it, it's definitely more of the end scene with the corpses popping up. That's where I'm like, oh my God, this is absolutely like horrifying. Did you guys start counting uh, counting after Thunder hit or Lightning hit <gasps> and after, after this movie? Dude, you're not yeah. going to believe this shit. You're not going <laughs> to believe this. Listen to this. My wife and I are watching this movie for the hundredth time. She also was a huge fan of it. So we put this movie on and no shit, Okay. We're, we're, I, I wrote this down because I didn't want to forget, and, but, but you reminded me anyway. We, the, we had simultaneous storms with this movie. We put the movie in, and we st- there was lightning on the film, and there was lightning in our sky. There was thunder in the film, and there was thunder in our sky. It was right here simul- to the point where I couldn't tell because of the surround sound of my sound bar. I couldn't tell if it was happening outside the house or if it was happening in the movie. It was so... Freaky, you wouldn't believe. The, honestly, and, and I'm then, thunderstruck. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Frankie, Stupid. and then Frankie Z slid across the kitchen floor, <laughs> and, and and Dave flipped the fuck out. But how cool is that too? Most movies will do. We gotta get the fuck out of this house because this is crazy shit. She's like, hey, check this out. Puts the daughter down there, puts with the helmet on, and like, and like, and, amazing. And, and I thought that's super, super cool. They kind of yes. embrace it because it's done. It's kind of, I guess, try to win them over in a friendly way. Yep, exactly. Well, it is. I don't know. I kind of like. I'm trying to pull the wool over your eyes. <laughs> well, it definitely is true. Maybe true. it's good. Carolina. Maybe it's not. We'll see. <laughs> Watch the but, movie to find out. But when we get into it, see, this is the other stuff. Seeing this movie as a parent has completely changed everything about it. Because having the girl taken away and the emotion of that scene, and when she says to her, it is simply another child. To us, it is the beast. And that, what a fucking horrifying thought. And hearing the girl cry and running around, help, 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 crying for her parents. And you as a parent not being able to help your child. And she says up and she's like, bastard, she's just a baby. That fucking shit is so emotional to me because I have a child where before I didn't know and seeing it now as an adult, and I'm sure, Christian, you, you can relate. I mean, wow. Oh, I turn on the what? TV just in hopes that these fucking kids get sucked into it. <laughs> 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 there are just times. take one of them <laughs> college is fucking expensive <laughs> no shit <laughs> but see but seeing this as a kid not thinking of it and seeing it now and what that's the most helpless feeling in the world i mean freaking and they're right in the house you can hear the footsteps of this girl running around your house and she's crying for you and, and there's nothing you can do about it and you know she's being freaking bamboozled by these things and these evil presences in the house it, it oh my god what a so much going on it, it's such a again 
I gotta cut myself short because I'll go on and on like I, I wanted to with Amityville too, but this movie even more so. And I remember the first time I saw this poster where I was. I was on Shirkston Beach in Canada. I was at Shirkston Beach. It was in the summertime. Shirkston Shores, man. Dude, yeah, I was there. They had those big old water slides that go right into the water. They were uh, tremendous. Isn't right? that where most water slides go? No, 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 no. When I, when I see into the water, Christian, you know what I mean. They I know into- exactly what you mean, this fucking guy. Yes, big huge slides be there are these big huge slides that you go on they're these tremendous i don't know i haven't been there since i was that age but they seem like they were 50 foot freaking slides and you go on them and you slide down these long aluminum slides and you go into the water on the beach oh okay okay i get you now i was just under the impression that you've been on water slides that like shoot you into like a pit of fire or something (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. These are different. But I remember being on the beach and my, my older brother taking me there. And there was like a, you know, like a, a place where you get snacks on the beach, you know what I mean? Concessions. And I remember seeing this poster and it was, for some reason it was there. I'll never forget it. And I didn't know it was a little girl and I saw from a distance, but the poster scared me when you saw that the, the hands and the TV yeah. this thing, something about the way her hair looked or whatever. I didn't, I thought that was a creature. It and looks very, it looks very doll like. Yeah, dude, it was yeah. it was scary to me, and it says they're here, and, says, and I just remember being a kid and seeing that, and that poster scaring me because I, I I must have been about ten years old. It was it was the summer it came out, and it was before it came out. But I remember seeing that and being scared by it. So there, I don't have that many memories of being scared by posters, but that one I remember. I remember where I saw it, and you know, man. So, but then seeing the movie later, I didn't see it right away. I saw I saw ET and fell in love with it. I didn't see Poltergeist till it came to. HBO a couple years later, and then, you know, you the the, the soundtrack, the way it, it looks like ET, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was filmed down the street. It was the same thing. Had all that stuff, all that Spielberg stuff going for for it. And at the time, it was so big, it reminded me of ET. But it took it further, where this was horror. This was freaking scary this stuff. This is so, horror. Yeah, man, exactly. And that's. No, it is because it, I mean, it does start out lighthearted. E- even when the investigators first get there even though carol ann's obviously gone and it's horrifying and it's haunting when they sh- when he shows them the room after the uh i forgot the character's <laughs> name when he's talking about oh the matchbox I, I, car the, yeah the time lapse the seven hour time lapse to capture the matchbox car and he opens the door and and you see you know the lamp attaching itself obviously the bed spinning you see the little hulk character riding the uh the little green character riding the horse Amazing. and it just looks like you know like it almost looks like a scene from like a toy story movie for a sec <laughs> But it's it builds. And as far as that, that is something about this film. This the perfect amount of humor is yeah. in this film. No, no ha ha comedy. Just a little bit here, a little bit sprinkled the there to break control, up. The middle finger. Yeah, dude. Like just, the, it, it blends different genres very well. It blends comedy, drama, even almost like childlike, you know, fantasy, and then sheer horror. All together perfectly. Him rolling up the TV at the end, out of the, out <laughs> of the hotel way. room. Perfect way to end the film. Of course you would, because you'd be like, even though they wouldn't let you do that at a hotel, they'd be like chained to the wall or something. But <laughs> you, you forget that bullshit. Well, that's why they're chained to the wall now, because of what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. I mean, really. What I'll, I'll tell you what, Tweety, that bird, Tweety. I named my bird after that bird. 
that died in the first freaking 20 minutes of the film. I didn't name it after Tweety Bird, the one from the freaking Sylvester and Tweety. I named it Tweety after that bird that freaking died in Poltergeist. That's, that's, that's one of the saddest scenes of the whole movie. I know. A picture for when he's lonely. Mm-hmm. I'll break it for when he wants to go to sleep. I'm like, oh, God, you're breaking my heart here. It's it's the mom's like, just horrible. flush the damn thing so <laughs> I can go smoke some weed. Ooh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I love that. I love that scene where they're smoking weed. I love when they go next door to talk to Ben. And they're just, they're, yep. they've lost their minds at that point. But it's what a fun. great family. You love the family. Oh, you absolutely. You love the characters. You don't absolutely. get that anymore all, in movies. All of them. You're never going to get that in movies again, I don't think. Well, watch, it's sad to say. Watch that and compare it to the remake. I, I, not just because it's right. a remake, I know. but the remake. Even Insidious. Insidious looked like it took the idea of the more of the paranormal investigators and wanted to focus on them. Even though I know it, it follows the family and, and, the, and the kid. But they really focus on those paranormal investigators as well. But I mean, the Poltergeist, the remake is longer. And they, they fail to... <laughs> get any of the the serious family stuff that you get here in just a short time you don't even get to spend that much time with carol ann and you love her you know what i mean she's gone half the movie yeah so, th- that's another thing yeah that's a good point i didn't even think about it with carol ann because you you know they're constantly talking about her but she's really not in the movie much and even tangina she doesn't show right. up until almost an hour and 20 minutes into it and you're like yep. wow these these characters especially those two in particular seem to stick out as the stars of the film. You know, yeah. it's Carol Ann, it's Tangina, but it, they're hardly there. My dad hated Tangina, hated her voice, hated her character, <laughs> wished she was out of the movie. If anything, he, if you could shave anything, you'd shave Tangina. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to watch your father shave Tangina. <laughs> he wants to shave Tangina. <laughs> shave her. <laughs> right down to the blacktop. <laughs> that was a bad joke, but it, but off a true story. My father was never a fan of Tangina. Oh, I love her right when she comes in. You keep back up. You're jamming my frequencies. Tangina Reno. Tangina Reno. El Tangina Reno. I don't even know what to say. El Manicarino Tanginarino. <laughs> She's back for part two, right? Yes. She makes mm-hmm. a comeback. And part three. Yeah, yeah I haven't watched part for three a in a long time. Yeah. Part two I watched, like, when we did another show. We talked about it in the past, the other side. Yeah, we, we did. did talk about it. Yeah. But back to this anyway, one. Yeah, sorry, I'm getting off topic. No, it's okay. We're trying to, we got to be quick. I love that. I love that conversation they have, the three of them, when they're whispering and, and it's nighttime and it, it's the, the first doctor that comes in and, and Robbie and, and and the mother. Just little moments like that. And that part where all the ghosts come down the stairs the first time and they slow it down and you get all that shit and you see them with the halos above their head. So spooky. And man, just what a film. I mean, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm not saying anything else. I don't think there's anything that I, I could point out at this point. But what a special time it was. This movie and E.T. coming out within a week of each other. Amazing. Amazing to go to the, the theater. I didn't see them both, but man, what a time to be alive, 1982. I think, you know what, 82, when, again, I said this earlier. When you look at the, the, the vast volume, I know I've got American Werewolf in London. I got Friday the 13th Part 2. I've got My Bloody Valentine in 81. I'm really going to have to look at those first from 80 to 85 and really dissect what is my favorite year. But by doing this show, 82, I'm not saying all the movies we necessarily watched for this show and that we're going to be talking about, but the year as a whole is a fantastic year. 
Sure is. Yeah. Would you give this movie, Dave? 10 out of 10. I'm actually 9.5 out of 10. Right there with you. 9.5 out of 10. Cool. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I can't find a blemish. I can't find a reason not to give it a 10 out of 10 person. There's not one thing weak about this. I can sit down and watch this movie and say, what an amazing fucking movie. There's nothing I can say. No one can tell me anything to say. You can't be a 10 out of 10. I'm like, I can't find a fault. Yeah, you so, know what? You're, <laughs> I, I kind of agree with you there. Like, I, I brought up the part that the one thing that irks me is that, you know, Tangina being so powerful, you know, that, that she was tricked and, and, you know, wasn't able to sense that the, the beast was still around. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's almost like nine and a half, ten. It almost is like yeah. interchangeable it, at this point. Yep. I just I think it's incredible. Everything everything you want in a movie is in this movie. You have everything, <laughs> even raw emotion. You care about the family. The, the effects are great. You have scares. You have everything. Man. Anyway, let's let's move on. Yeah. Excellent movie. Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Rock and roll. All right. So now we're gonna what, jump into our uh, special bonus review, right? Oh, we're five in. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yes. Balls we have to deep. get into this. Balls yes. deep. And this is this is from Mr. Parker, right? Yes, it is. We finally got to this is the, the first movie he wanted us to review when he joined the Patreon and it wasn't out yet. And now we could actually see it. So now we can talk about it. So I'm looking forward to this just based upon some comments that I heard from these two guys earlier. But um, <laughs> I can't read the summary off the B for this because it's like six pages long. OK, Calibos. What can you say? Kids, Col- kids go, oh, read it off Wikipedia then. Uh, yeah, uh, Colobos. Col- Colobos from 1999. Colobos. Colobos, which I actually thought was the name of the band that sung the theme song from La Bamba. <laughs> but apparently... No, that's that's Los Lobos. Los Lobos. That's, that's Los, Lo- Colobos. That's Los Colobos. <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, let's see. Let me see if I can find a decent quick review of Colobos. Quick Colobos. review. Mutilated. one, yeah. Okay, Colobos. Kids are summoned to a place to. Uh... <laughs> it's it feels almost like a what is it? They, they, they answer an ad to be like in like a movie to right, be recorded like, in a house to be in like the surreal life or, or the real world. Yeah, living together for three months with cameras recording their their interactions. There you go, and this is what happens. Yeah, <laughs> hell ensues and horror stuff ensues. I got to tell you, I don't know where you guys are going, but I'll say one thing. The, the soundtrack is 100% Giallo? The Shining and Suspiria. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, it's like Giallo with the music, the glove killer at the beginning, the drawing. Well, that too. I, I, loved, <laughs> I love the opening credit sequence. Yeah, it's great. It's Suspiria. There's no o- question. Opening, yeah, it definitely shades it. That's what they wanted. Shades of Suspiria look great. Doesn't fit the rest Shining. of the movie. Dude, the last, uh, Dave, the last four words on my review... Because I, I reviewed this one on the computer. Well, fuck the this last movie. four words are sounds like Suspiria music. Those are literally the last four it words. It definitely is. And in the middle of The Shining, r- legitimately stuff from The Shining. Ching, yeah. ching, ching. Parts from The Shining. I can tell you the, the scenes that they're, they're lifted from. 100% they took the end probably as tribute, which is fine. My last four words were cool ending but confusing. Once again, confusing is uh, the word tonight. Uh, many, many, many a film. Cool ending, but confusing. Yes. Well, I, I, isn't isn't it all in her mind? Is that what you think? Yeah. Well, I don't get it because it she's just doing me. it again. Yeah, or 
Yeah, I think, or she's doing it for real. Maybe it was all played out. Now she's going to call them and... <laughs> I just thought that she bullshitted them. Oh, I just thought she bullshitted them and she killed them and that, that was it. But Did they not say they didn't fight any bodies? But, but she sent them to the wrong house. She said they were at this house. But in fact, they were at this house. They Remember, she gave okay. them the address. They said they went to that address and it was a ranch house. And it was an old couple. Let's get to the point of why people blow this movie. I think because it, it seems like people are blowing this movie. It's ahead of its time from the setup. Like this came out, Year of the Blair Witch. And really, it's kind of half found footage, half, half real, well, not even half found footage, half found footage elements to it, the real world. So it's playing off of the things that just sort of started, the reality show just sort of came into play 99, 2000, yeah, Big sure. Brother and all that. So I think that's where it's ahead of its time and people seem to really dig movies that are, do that. But I still have to base it on the movie itself and the shitty acting. And some of the the camera angles and stuff are kind of off-putting and annoying. Hmm, I didn't have those problems. Interesting. Yeah, the acting was ultra low budget. The look of it was ultra low budget, and I just I don't know, it just felt ultra low budget. (laughs) Well, I mean, it repetitive. It was it really just sort of dragged. You're 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 hanging on to characters that you I didn't give a shit about. Me for either. the first I 45 didn't... minutes, and I'm like, I don't care about any of this nonsense dialogue. Okay, there's a Friday the 13th reference in there. You just had this kick-ass opening credit sequence with this exactly. great music and kind of an intriguing, still a little amateurish, but I was, I was forgiving of it, point of view shot of her escaping because it was still intriguing. And then, and then you had that whole scene with doctors and the ultra close-up of the eye, and I just found the framing and the editing a little off. Uh, and the and the acting again. I'm going to be broken record on the gate, so that takes me out. I'm not forgiving of that. I've said this here before. I, I apologize to you guys out there. That is my weakness for film. I can't I can't forgive it. It pulls me out of the movie, and it, it takes a lot to reel me back in. Definitely more than someone getting split their stomach split open and their intestines oozing out for me to be pulled right back into the movie. Yeah, a few moments of good gore does not make up for the fact that it's just a repetitive film about a group of kids running around the house while our main character is hallucinating while in the house, only to have the big reveal be that she was hallucinating the whole thing and might not have been doing it at all, and it's all in her mind, and she's just a cutter. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? Like, she said she, uh, didn't she say it was all, it's always just me or something like that? It's, what's, what was her big line at the end? Uh, did I write it down? Uh, it was only just me. It's always just been me, or something like that. Or it's all, a, it's all a dream. It's all in my head. I'm a cutter. I have touch me, Kira. <laughs> cuts herself. Kira putting ad in paper. Calls to place it. She placed the original ad, but was it real? But was it real with a question mark? So I don't even know if it was real. I don't even have any dialogue written down in terms of what was said. I, I'll admit, like, look, we're doing. 11 movies for for this particular show and this is the last one I watched and I did have to cram stuff in. So this this was the last one at at the end of a of a long week and I'm maybe I wasn't in the best frame of mind, but you know, comparing it to the 1082 films we watched, it felt like a dramatic drop off in, in quality in every way. And we talk about like I'll even go right to like like a film like uh, Basket Case which I talk about I don't get the love for it, but when you compare it to something like this, I get it. Hmm. I get it. I didn't feel that way. I I enjoyed it. I liked the setup. This was the last movie I watched as well. 
I usually and like setups like this. I do too, and I enjoyed this one. I was into the characters off the bat, their backstories, what's going on. They're finding these people. They show how they, they came to be, how they got to the house and all that other stuff. I was into that. I was hook, line, and sinker in the first act. I was like, okay, I'm on board. This is different. It, it, it's picking up. It's going. It's going. I dig it. Maybe because I watched all those 82 movies, and they were kind of slow at some points, and this one kind of got right into it, and I was like, okay, oh, really? I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like the way it looked. I thought that the high def for YouTube, because it was the first time I ever had to use it, was really good. I didn't think it looked low budget until there was certain scenes inside the house, but for the most part, it looked like looked normal to me. I didn't consider it ultra low budget. I didn't consider the the acting ultra low budget. I didn't have I had a completely different experience than you guys had. I'm not saying that this is a ten out of ten or anything like that, but you guys seem like you're coming down on it, and I just uh, I, I I enjoyed my time with it. I was just confused at the end. Of course, when hearing you guys explain the end, I, well, my my version of the end. Whether right or wrong, well, yeah, exactly. I don't know. No, no, I'm just saying I was confused. But your guys explaining it to know, me, to me, it down a little, thinking of thinking about it now and thinking about some of the dialogue and things that are said in the film, I, I think it has to all be in her head because if she's actually doing the killing, why is there a little side twist in the house where it's revealed that Erica's character is an actor and that the Marty guy who's like. The director is actually some guy named Alex, who was also hired to like just be an actor for the film. Well, I well, think that's to throw you off. I think that's just for us for to to think it's just part of the 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 actual narrative. Uh, so, so if she's really doing that, if she's really doing the killing, then then that's not really happening. Or if it's in her head, she's making this this part of it up. If it's in her head, okay, she can create any sort of storyline she wants within the confines of her own imagination but if she's actually doing the killings well i put that in there i would present it as everything that's actually happening with kira killing off all these people and then ultimately like almost like a sixth sense reveal at the end where it's like oh my god it was her the whole time i will tell you one of the most effective parts is I, they see that the the guy that they think is the director that is revealed as an actor getting, yeah. getting wrapped up in cellophane. Yeah. <laughs> that's saran cool. wrap. Yeah. And then, but not just that, but then they don't know what happened. And all of a sudden they're sitting there and then the blood starts dripping on her. Yeah. And then she looks up and he's pinned to the ceiling. I thought that was actually really fucking good, but that was the only time where the film seemed to, other than the opening credit sequence that the the film seemed to work for me. Everything else is just like it's that running around a fucking house and being dragged out. They two people split up to go here. Other people go there. She, it's all in her head. This guy is, disappears, and he's like, "Ah, oh, no, I didn't disappear. I've been here all the time." I'm like, "Well, that's oh, what makes on. me think it's like, that's what makes me think it's all in her head because there are there, there there's times where they're all standing there and it gets quiet and then somebody disappears and they're already they're somewhere else. It's very like." dreamlike at some point kind of a race face yeah the 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 faceless Mm -hmm. killer it's like i i don't know i just i didn't get it i'm not i'm not i don't want to hate on this one because this is far from like the worst film or the most horrible film i've ever seen i just was really indifferent to what i was watching you know because it didn't overstay its welcome it's a very this was the shortest film we watched and uh but you know after that 80 minutes was over i was just like Okay, I've seen Colobos. I don't think I ever need to see that again. Hmm. I was okay until the end. Then at the end, I was like, what's this? And then my interpretation was that there had been these murders at a different house, 
And now it was going to happen again. And that's why I was confused. I'm like, oh, why would you try to do it again? If it just happened once and you got away with it, that'd be cool. And I, I would have been okay with that. But then who was she talking to when she got home? That was the strange part. She kept talking to somebody. So I'm like, well, it oh. sounded like all the voices of the characters that had just been killed in her head. Maybe so. I don't know. I got to watch it a second time, I guess, is, is what it's going to come down to. Because another confusing situation. But. I was fine with it. I do like the idea of inviting people over to kind of cast in your own like kind of snuff snuff movie. I, I, I've admittedly had similar idea and they executed that. So for, again, from that standpoint, they made a movie and I am power to them. They haven't seemed to be very successful making anything else. This was 99 and they really haven't done anything else. The filmmakers. Mm. It was a frustrating movie for me because I didn't give a shit about any of the characters. Yeah, and for, for a film that, to me, plays out as a psychological all-in-your-mind, you need uh, much more connection with the character. You need to feel that that detachment from from reality, and it just didn't seem that way. It just it felt that way for every character. And that's, that just... Oh. I, I don't know. And I, that's that's the only way I could justify it because... Obviously, the addresses don't match at the end. Kira gave the address. There's, there's no match for the address. And when she's in her home, like, you could think, okay, it could be her home. But there's really – they don't pan the house to suggest that, that anything in that house is, resembles the other house. Oh, really? I thought it was the exact same house. That's what I got. I'm like, oh, so th- all this happened at her house. She did it. That's see, what I, see, what I, I thought. See, I didn't. Wow. I didn't see that. The, what I saw was like her pictures and her artwork resembled all the images of everything that happened. But I don't. I remember. saw the house, the staircase, the way it went, everything. It was the same house. At least that's what I got. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe I. Maybe I was just checked out at that point. But to me, it, like I just thought, like okay, she's at home, and they're just showing her artwork. I didn't even take notice. Huh. I kind of thought like this isn't. This wouldn't be the house. Or as we've been talking here, I re- I just pulled up something just to see. If there's anything um, else out there from a review standpoint, there's tons, but this one says it's left ambiguous as to whether or not the events of the film happened, what Kara's part in it was, and whether or not the faceless entity exists. So I did get that out of there at the end. I, I, I got it that it was all in her in her mind. You know, I've, I've seen some TV shows before that touch on uh, younger people having, uh, I think it's schizophrenia. And and one of the uh, symptoms of it being that they can't make out people's faces. Oh, so that's a, okay. that's a, that's, that's a, cool. I, I've hmm. I've actually seen that before yeah. on, on stuff like like Criminal Minds and stuff. And and that to me, thinking about that makes it even more of a maybe that's what they're they're playing on here with Kira's character and the fact that she's seeing so many faceless uh, faceless images. Why the booby don't traps? The... What? Why the booby traps? Right? How could she do that? How 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 is it possible that she did all that stuff? It's not. That's what I'm saying. She's not doing it. That's what I'm saying. I think it's all in her head. I don't know. <laughs> but how about the beginning? What about the beginning of the of the thing when they brought her in and she had the cuts on her face? Then we get them at the end and stuff. They said that she couldn't have done that to herself. So yeah, the how, one, how do- the one doctor says the guy doctor says he couldn't have done it to herself, or or one of them says it because they're they're too clean and deep. But I guess if you're mentally ill, you would be capable of of hurting yourself maybe without even realizing the extent of the damage isn't she touching her scars at the end and the, hearing the voice saying touch me or yeah, kiss me or yes whatever? yes that's, mm. i have that written down here touch me kira i guess that's what that what, she's that's touching what her face 
It's yeah. almost yeah. And then I mean, I guess I know he metamorphosizes within the film image in the sense of like have his hands come in to caress her from behind or her hair or whatever. But I'm still really the way it's presented is it's all in her head um, at that point. In my that, that's what I took from it for sure. Man, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I have to watch this film again now. I know, basically. I really do because I know I don't. There's some brutal parts, that. like that guy's uh-huh. getting his face stuffed stuffed in the side of the counter. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dude. There's there's some that was great. Gore. Yes, even that girl Erica. That was unsettling. I can't even remember how she died, but I think she gets like her foot at one point stuck in something, and it kind of gets like half severed. It, at least that's what it looked like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the trap snaps her foot. It does, right? Okay, yeah, that yeah. that was that was cool. It had it had some nastiness to it. Some of some of the scenes were a little dark. I wish it was. Uh, and again, ninety nine, it came out. So I will give it credit from this uh, standpoint of tapping into the reality television thought process, which was brand freaking spanking new. Right. I don't know when the real life came out, but I know that Big Brother and Survivor and everything was two thousand. You talking about real world? Yeah, real world. Yeah. Or whatever, all that shit. So, Real World came out in the like early '90s, I believe. Oh, was that, it was that. Yeah, really. really? I, I believe so. Well, because remember that movie in 2002 came out called My Little Eye, and it was similar to this, where they had the cameras up and it was yeah. like a real world situation. And at that time, I thought that might have been not cutting edge of the time. I think this was before that. But again, 19, yeah. 1992 was the premiere of Real World. Wow, oh, I had well. no clue. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's right. When I look back at it. Okay, yeah. Let me ask you, okay, one more thing. I had no problem with the characters. You guys did, I didn't. I liked all the characters, actually. There wasn't anyone really unlikable. Even the one that one girl that was an actress that was supposed to kind of be the unlikable one, she had moments where she broke down. She's like, oh, yeah, well, I don't know. I didn't have any problem with any well, fuck, character. she was like my favorite out of the bunch. Yeah, I thought, the okay. redhead was an- I thought the redhead was annoying as hell. It's like, oh, my she God. She didn't please. last very long. But uh, she was thank okay. God, because I was like, please kill this girl already. She's annoying. I didn't mind her. I don't know. I thought all the girls were pretty, so that was good. Let me ask you this for some levity here. Did you think that Kira was a pretty girl? Yes. Okay. The main girl? I did, yeah. I did too, yeah. Even with okay. the scars. That, that's what I'm getting at. As the movie ended and she had the scars on her face, I was thinking to myself, would you rather date her with the scars on her face or would you rather date a girl that you'd considered less attractive that didn't have any scars on her face? <laughs> what a fucking question. Of you course know, that popped you know, to the head. Well, yeah, because I'm thinking, I said, you know what? I would have no problem being with this woman if I was single. She's pretty. I can avoid the scars on her face. I would rather have her who's probably like, Whatever. I'm not going to give number ratings because that's tacky and misogynist. Whatever. It might, or it might come off. Just, just start at 10 and subtract the number of scars. <laughs> 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 oh, that's terrible. No, I agree with you. I'm right there with you for, for the sake of answering that question. Yeah, I'd have no problem dating a girl with scars. I have plenty of scars. I'd go with Pacino. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, so the thing is this. <laughs> Would you rather go out with her or a girl that you thought was, you know, Less attractive, but didn't have scars. No, I'd rather. Obviously, if I'm, if I'm with her, I would think she's a, more attractive than this other girl. So yeah. I'd be more attracted to her, given that personality is equal or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would date the girl that I was more attracted yeah, to. Yeah, if the other girl had a way better personality, I'll take the other girl. Well, that's different. I'm just saying, strictly on looks alone, who would you go out with if you saw No, if I'm with two girls and I find one more attractive, but she has scars on her face. I dated a girl with a someone? patch in her eye. Right. With a I, what in her eye? A patch. Really? Yeah. Oh, like May? 
Was it Angela Bettis? <laughs> there was nothing wrong with her. She just couldn't stand the sight of Christian. She's like, I got to cut this shit in half. <laughs> Did you ask her? She, she didn't want to see me in 3D. I'm much better if you just have like one dimensional. <laughs> it's okay. I dated a girl with a penis once. Yeah. <laughs> just once? Just once. <laughs> no, they went All on right. multiple dates. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to rate this movie? I'm curious. What do you got? I feel bad because Mr. Parker, I I love your cock, man. The re- oh, <laughs> <laughs> At first, I thought I was hearing you wrong, but that's exactly what you just said. No, he's a cool guy. Yes. Check out his videos on YouTube. Everybody, yeah. five point five out of ten. That's fair. That's fair. You know what? I'll right there with you. Maybe a little bit lower, five point two five out of ten. I'll give it another watch, but. Mm. uh it's got a lot of hype recently, especially with that that Arrow release that that just came out. You know, it got the it got the Arrow treatment and uh... Uh, the Arrow treatment. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say one more funny thing because I forgot to say it. Did you, I had the uh, the the what do you call it on the subtitles? And at one point, it actually happened twice. <laughs> twice during the movie, the one girl went behind the other girl and she said, "What's up, chicken butt?" Do you remember when people used to say that something chicken butt? Well, here's the funny part: when you look at the subtitles, it said chicken bud, b u d. Why would you say that? What's up, chicken bud? You know what I mean? How ridiculous! That's chicken that new bud. weed. You ever try that chicken? You ever smoke that chicken bud? Yes, I had that chicken bud, and then I went I, right after that. I went on to some harder stuff, some poultry geist. Some poultry geist. <laughs> the poultry geist is that chronic chicken bud. Exactly, Lord of the Chicken Dead. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I was at a 7.5 oh, uh, wow. coming into it, but you guys talked me down a little bit. Uh, no, don't do that. Look, the, like... ending, the ending doesn't make any sense. I thought you guys were going to help me, and now I'm like, well, how could this be, and how could that be, and how could that be? And if that, that's what's going on here, then that's pretty crazy. So I'm going to go down to a 7 until further notice. Until further notice. <laughs> <laughs> the statement will be released early next week. Until further notice. <laughs> That's what I got. Oh, All right. Man, that's funny. All right. Thank you, Mr. Parker. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Parker's right. 1982. Let's get on. Let's get on. Let's get on. All right. Let's we get got it five, on. We got five movies left. I have relabeled them one through five just for the sake of easy because I can't remember what's left from them. <laughs> so, number one. Number one it is. Perfect. And that it will be whatever the other one is on the computer here. <laughs> Which one is. Okay. Death Screams, a.k.a. House of the Dead. All right, all right. All right, all right. Death Screams, indeed. A uh, film that I think needs a uh, a decent release. Yeah, it needs it needs a... I, admittedly, I watched this on YouTube. Yeah, me uh, too. I yeah. don't know if that's the only place you can watch it. This is where I watched it when I watched it for the Slasher Show. This is where I watched it this year. And... Me too. It's... There's a lot of pluses here, and this is why I wish there was a Bluetooth release because there's so many night scenes that you're kind of wondering what the fuck you can't Blue see Ray. everything. Blue what did Ray. I say? Bluetooth. Bluetooth. <laughs> 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 Bluetooth. Yeah. 8K. Whatever the fuck. I just it needs a, a better version so you can see what's going on at nighttime. It's generic. It's a slasher town fair, but it's fun. There, I I like the characters in this. Dave, Me you too. say it's all about the characters. I actually like the characters in the dialogue. The thing about this is they give you too much of the characters in the dialogue. So it's, you need to find that happy medium. Whereas some yep. movies don't give you enough. This movie gives you so much carnival, so much town folk, so much characters and dialogue that you're like, it's just too much. I wish they yes. stripped it back a little bit, give you a couple more kills. We would have had a, a hidden gem of a slasher movie. It stands, I still like this better than a lot of people. I people do too. 
Who's the fuck? The killer is the goddamn dentist the or the coach? I mean, the dentist, the coach. <laughs> the coach. <laughs> yeah, Corbin Benson showed up and started killing everyone. The coach. But that's yeah, it. The like, they wedge him in as the nicest character ever. So it's almost like he's got red herring glued to his, stamped well, to you, his head. The issue is, first and foremost, like you said, the the quality. We both watched it on YouTube. I don't think this has – this does definitely doesn't have a Blu-ray, but I don't even think – I don't know what the DVD looks like, but I think it's long out of print or whatever. But there's a scene in the movie, a pivotal scene, where you think the coach is killed because he's investigating a sound in his house as he's leaving. What it turns out to be is that Casey, who plays the slow guy in the movie – is coming to return his stuff because his mother had just given him the talk about how he hurts coach by stealing all the baseball stuff. So he had come to return it and he was like, I guess putting it up in the attic or whatever. And the coach went up there and then you see the knife swing. So you're thinking it's Casey killing the coach. Yeah. It's actually the other way around. Yeah. And that's, I wonder if that would look better. Yeah. I mean, really you just see the knife in the, 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 the silhouette of the moonlight. Well, I think it would still be ambiguous because obviously if you saw who was yeah. swinging it, you'd know the killer <laughs> was. Sure. But but in oh, that darkness, yeah, but in the blackness of the YouTube <laughs> version, you immediately think, okay, Coach is dead. No, I'm with you. And I love the fact that they keep coming back to – so there's two people killed at the beginning. Like any good slasher movie, you get it. <laughs> and, and they float the for the whole <laughs> damn movie until some girl goes skinny dipping and then the dead bodies float into her. And then the yeah, end credits – all three of them are floating. <laughs> we all float. But man, I'll tell you what, it's got some really pretty girls in here. At least they're pretty on the YouTube version. Well, they, yeah. and they make the town folk likable. Like you've got the, you got the sheriff. He's like, you know, I'm smelling something weird back here, boys. <laughs> like, like, it's just, I, I like a movie like this. I don't know how his handgun can blow someone's head apart, but it does on the second shot. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though? I appreciated yeah. that because I'm like, all right, this guy's clearly dead. But you know what? This sheriff is smart. He's not taking any chances. Let me put six bullets and peel this guy's face apart. So <laughs> that's the one thing. There's some kills. It could have used a little shot of adrenaline because the last climax has not a final girl, but a final group. So it never really elevates the tension level to where it should yeah. be. But as a slasher, it's a lot more enjoyable than a lot of the ones that are out there. Like, I'd rather watch this. I, I like this much better than Final Exam, Sweet 16, Don't Go in the Woods. Like, like, like it's, it's, not, it's not a Prom Night 4. <laughs> what is? <laughs> you fucks out there. But I rate this probably higher than I should. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Go ahead, dude. I like it better than two of those movies, not Final Exam, because Final Exam made my 50. I will agree with what you guys said about uh, it's too dark and it needs a, a proper release because you know it's YouTube-y and there's only so much you can do with it. And it's an, it's ripped right from a VHS. There was about 10% of slashers in the 80s that follow a formula similar to this. You get a kill in the beginning and you get nothing for next to almost an hour. And it's all character stuff in, in a town and it's too much. There There is a formula. And these are like the sea slashers to me. And this is another one of those. And like I said, it's about 10% of them. I and can't it's argue with you. Right? It's a sea un- slasher. I, I, I agree. 
and we've seen movies like this before. There are there's movies like this that we can talk about where it does that, and it's unfortunate because they almost get the, they get the kills right, I suppose, and they get the the whodunit part right, but they don't get the slasher stuff right. They don't get the pace of a slasher, and they don't like this movie. There's 15 minutes of mayhem at the end, which is wonderful. Why couldn't you just have spaced? those yeah. out in, into different segments throughout the film or even throughout one night like like other I, I wonder how the opening kill looks in uh you know when it's when it'll be cleaned up eventually hopefully right. for a release because I don't I don't even know how they're being killed I think they're being strangled but I have no idea the the opening couple that wind up floating they're they're down by the water the train goes by you hear that so that could end up looking decent the girl Sarah who gets pissed off at the coach for starting to flirt with Lily, who runs off, who gets shot with the arrow. It's it's not a bad kill. I, I like the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the merry-go-round. I don't know why she goes to sit on there. I would keep running. That one shot of her with the with the bag over her face? Yeah, that's and, cool. And, and pull it away? Yeah, that's Well really done. Cool. Yeah, yes. it, that's creepy. That, yeah. That's like, I'll give it almost like a My Bloody, or not My Bloody, um, a Happy Birthday to Me-esque visual of mm-hmm. her being, like, it's a really cool shot. Yeah. Uh, that shot. But I, I'm worried. I can't disagree with anything you guys are saying. See slasher, but better than a lot of the stuff that's out there. And they did a decent job of developing some some backstory here because here you think, okay, like, well, why is the sheriff being mean to this one girl, Ramona? And then you know it's revealed later on that the sheriff's son was killed in a car accident where um, I believe Casey was driving, and that's how Casey became the way he is. And Ramona had something mm-hmm. to do with it. She was there too, so he's you know he's got a grudge against her for a reason. And, you know, these kids are goofy. I like, you know, the way they play the prank on the carnival guy. They all act like they're super weak. And then the one girl just <laughs> rings the bell and they steal all the uh, stuffed animals. Yeah, they look like they're 40 in the YouTube version. They might <laughs> they might be younger, but but I don't know. It, it had that small town vibe where everyone knew each other. So I, I appreciated that. And the few kills you could make out looked, looked decent. Yeah, looked the like carousel was, kill was cool. Yeah. It looked like they were trying a little bit here. As opposed to just totally phoning it in. There's a yeah, lot of ones that true. totally like phone it, phone in. And like, it looked like they were trying. Not, and they're not 100% successful. Like, I'm not coming in super high. Maybe I, I, I sound like I am, but it's a 6 out of 10. Me too. Six it's out of exactly a 6 out of 10, but it's a, it's a fun 6 out of 10. It's a 6 out of 10 that, I'll, that I could throw on over and over. Triple sixes. Well, I don't know about over and over. There's too much backstory. If you could have trimmed me 10 I to 15 like, minutes you know out. What? I like the backstory. I like them setting it up, you know, because he even says uh, the coach, because he's, he's basically come back to this town. He basically says, you know, that his mother grew up there because even Lily, who, uh, who he takes a liking to, you know, s- says you used to live here. And he says, no, my, my mother did. And, and then it's so, slowly revealed through uh, Lily's grandmother that uh, – that that the coach's mother was a whore. You know, I don't want you associating with him. I'd whore. rather you be with that. Yeah, yeah. whore. A whore. <laughs> a common whore. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I like that stuff. I, I don't mind that. It didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. If it gets a release, maybe it, 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 it can yeah, help. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how, like, uh, Ramona's body's split in half would look at the end. Yes, that oh, too. Her, I mean, over the floor, really, that's or the stairs. That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really feel like if this movie cleaned head. up, it could it could go up a lot. It could also go down. Everything could look off and be like, oh my god, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but 
Give me the YouTube version. Yeah. Okay. They should release this, man. They're putting out the Prey. Are you kidding me? They're putting out the Prey, and they're not going to put this. Shame on you, Brian Simpson. He said that he actually liked that movie, The Prey. I saw it written on his page. I respect Brian. I love listening to that show. Jimmy and Brian are, are two of my favorites to listen. I don't say it enough. I actually don't know if I ever should shout them out. I'm kind of like a silent love of them. Like I love I just listen to the ABCs of Hidden Horror, the that you guys did the episode you like with you're Andrew Huff. Shame or something. No, no, no. But I never shout them out because for whatever reason. And I really enjoy listening to them because they you know what it is? They're articulate, but they're enjoyable to listen to. You never feel like they're being you're being talked down to. I feel like I'm I'm right there, part of the conversation. And that's what makes a good show. You're not. They don't like you. They've told me. I, I, I don't care if they don't <laughs> no, like I'm you. Just kidding. That's not the point. I'm not very likable. <laughs> but no, I like yeah. them. That's the point. I'm glad to hear that. But I'm yeah, he, he, he. the point of that was that I saw that he said he didn't mind that movie. I want to know what he means by that. <laughs> it's terrible. This, that, that was the movie that has the, the worst reputation amongst me and my friends who rented all those movies in the 80s. I never let my friend Scott... Forget that he rented that movie. Yes. He rented it. National I'm Geographic. <laughs> yes, exactly. 20 minutes of nature shots. Yes, terrible. A bunch of people talking at the same time by a campfire. So three conversations so you can't hear one. Anyway, how is the prey coming out? And people are getting excited about it. But this movie, who we'd like to, who we'd like to see more of and, and hear more about and maybe get a, get a release, isn't it? And, and this whatever. would be perfect also for Vinegar Syndrome, who put yeah, out the would, prey. This would be perfect because they do... They do amazing work with their transfers. I mean, I buy a lot of their movies, and their movies are like six out of ten. These movies they're putting out, yeah. But they look so awesome that you you want to support the company because they're doing such great work on these yeah. these well, lesser this, quality films. Six out of ten, but I would I would gladly see a a good version of this be released. Yeah, me too. No doubt. All right, triple sixes. Let's move on. What's next? All right, who's guys. Picking who's, who's picking? Pick between one and four. Three. Three it is, and we have 1982 Jack Shoulders Alone in the Dark. Uh, Alone in the Dark. Oh, man. This <laughs> one. This, movie. this I, is your Amityville 2. I, yeah, this, this really has become my Amityville 2. A quartet <laughs> of murdered psychopaths break out of a mental hospital during a power blackout and lay siege to their doctor's house. I can't think of a film that has four villains as strong as this. My problem with the film, Brandon, is that it's so talk heavy at the yes. beginning that I just am like, get the fuck on with it. Then by the I'm time it gets it. on with it, I'm in. I, I like, I do like the family. I like the home invasion ending. I that mattress scene, oh, the whole great, the whole the whole knife up. I wish it went on longer. It is a a staple of this movie. Probably one of the, the like a, a standout horror scene. Uh, but but I, I admit the beginning each and every time, I yeah. feel like it just takes a little too long to get going. That that's my own problem, and I'm obviously Dave's. I, <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love it from that's the opening issue. nightmare sequence that preachers have, and I just I'm on board. I love the dialogue. I just love getting inside the minds of these nutcases. <laughs> They're crazy, and you know what? Leo is crazier than all of them. Donald Pleasance <laughs> is great in this. He is he's great, he's but great. he yeah. is—he is also a nutcase. I've even watched this movie so many times that I start thinking, maybe Leo was a patient all along. 
Maybe this was like uh, like the ninth configuration. Maybe he's a patient who's running this hospital. Or like, uh, what is that, don't look in the basement. Maybe. <laughs> I could buy that. We reviewed this on show one. Yes, we did. Brandon's now watched it, I think, what, three times since then? Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And we Brandon watched it even year. brought it back. You know that? Brandon started a segment. It was short-lived. He did it one time. I forgot what he called it. <laughs> but he started a segment. He said, I'm going wa- to watch old movies that I rated here before and for a second view or whatever and then see you know, what's changed and what my rating is. So Brandon's actually talked about this movie twice now. Did I, I, I don't even remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, it's because you took on a thousand movies this year that you probably forgot. Yeah, which, right. I'm, more, which I'm more than halfway through. Thank you. Had a boy. Five hundred and twenty-six in. My man. Fucks. My man. This movie. This movie does have some good characters. It does have some great cinematography as well. Uh, That mattress sequence. The the um, not cutter bleeder. The bleeder reveal. uh, Yeah, that's cool. There, there, there are some cool things. The hockey mask is really non. Really, the reason it's there so you you don't see the reveal of. Of uh, the bleeder, I, f- I find that death is just sort of wedged in there. Like he which, didn't really hit the, the whole van guy, the van that he uses the hedge clip, the that, claw, yeah, that claw thing on. It's so badly edited too. I'm not it's a weird, fan, isn't it? yeah. It's such I a like bizarre it though. It's a little death. Gore. Yeah, it's a little gore in a fairly goreless movie. Right, but that's how you, that scene with the, in the bedroom is great. Ah oh, man, fantastic! The the it, psych out, the psych out with the closet. It almost seems out of place here, just like what I said with the other movie, um, where what, there was another movie we were talking about where I said it would have been earlier this evening. I, I wish I knew what it was, what movie I was talking about, where I was thinking it would be better off in like a, in a straight-up slasher movie, not necessarily like this with, with the dialogue and the characters and the killers the way they are. And It seems like it would be something that you put that, put that scene in the movie we just talked about in the middle of the film. That's where I think it would have been better suited. It's a great scene no matter where you put it in. But I may have talked seems... about this on the, on the show before, Dave, and I only cut you off because when, way back when, when there was no Scream 4, this is way back when, I was still in my meta phase, and I thought, well, Wes Craven's done it with Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Why not do it for a meta series and do Scream 4 real? And it would actually take place in Hollywood, and the characters would get killed in the order. So Drew Barrymore would get killed at the beginning of Scream 4 for real. And wow. at the time she was dating Tom Green, and, or married to, they kept back from a night or whatever like that. They go to bed uh, and suddenly like Tom's killed or pulled out of the bed. And this was the set piece I wanted to steal. And so the, the gimmick was that the killer was stealing cool set pieces from slasher films throughout the years, but killing the real stars of the Scream series in the order that they, that they were dispatched in the movies. Man, that would have been great. What are we talking about? Yeah, I, I, I was just saying, <laughs> stealing the set piece of the knife. Uh, Dave was talking about steal, that that scene should have been in the slasher film no, you, that we just yeah. saw before. So I just said, so cool that you said that because I had this great idea years ago. But and you know I just want the- to toot my idea. You know what it is? They, uh, I think they do a great job of showing these four characters, with, with maybe the exception of Bleeder. The Bleeder is just like really a, a, a cool reveal. Yeah, but showing the fact that these characters, specifically our main three, ha- have a bit of a, of a normal side. 
at, at one point. I think Preacher, <laughs> I think Preacher is really the first to sort of flip his lid. I think he leaves that hospital with the intent of he's doing God's work and he's just going to kill sinners. Whereas I think Fatty and uh, and and Frank sort of hold on a little bit longer before before they fully let go. And Frank never fully lets go. And that's what makes it so great is like you could still kind of reach these characters. And I think that's why I can justify the bed scene being in here and it not feeling like it's just out of place. It's because it's it's a preacher under the bed. And at this point, he's completely psycho. You know, he wanted the hat. He wanted to torment the, the guy on the bicycle. Frank was not going to kill that guy. They were going to keep going. It right. wasn't until he called him an asshole. An asshole just sets him off. You don't call Frank an asshole. So, I mean. Says the guy airborne. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. It's a great scene, and I just—I don't know—I just love yeah. seeing the the um, the struggle of these characters with their illness and the desire to kill, especially Fatty when he's um, when he shows up to pretend to babysit Lila, who oh, I think that's crazy, which I think Lila is such a great character. I mean, this so, everybody's so great in this film. She's and, strange, uh, you know. She's she okay. What's the teen girl? What the teen, the college girl's name with the side pony? Funky. Well. Oh, the cute girl, whatever. Tony, the the uh, the aunt, the sister. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Tony. Okay. Tony. When they're in a room together, if you look at the two of them, <laughs> the little girl, what's her name? Lila. Okay, it looks like Lila is actually older than her. <laughs> like her face, she has the face of like a thirty-year-old on like an eight-year-old's body. Yeah. And, I, I know, you're right. And but the I other girl is like a college girl that looks like she's like 17. I, I love that. Lila's <laughs> like a little wisecracking, like 40-year-old little girl. It's weird. It, I, I liked it. That was what was so funny. I like the way she calls her father by his first name. She's like, come on, Dan, when he breaks like the boss. She's like, like she little acts like, like it. She looks like it. Yeah, it's strange. I and love I, I Valium like joke is great. The Valium joke, she wants a Valium. Yeah. And again, just like the other one, it happens. And I get too distracted by the girl with the side pony because I think she's really pretty. I like her personality. I like, her, you know, I like her character and I like the way she looks. So uh, I'm, I get into her and then my focus goes on there. Yeah, and, no, she, she's great, uh, Tony, in this. And, uh, you know, the one scene that feels out of place, but it's, it's good because it's her. And, you know, obviously she's coming to stay with them. She's recovering from a mental breakdown is the scene where she starts hallucinating. She's like a zombie. Mm-hmm. That's like, Savini. Fucking weird scene, man. <laughs> it's a that's very Savini weird right scene. there, man. That's his makeup. You know? Same with the opening. Jump. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I remember you brought that up, but I didn't know that. He's uh, credited. He's credited with the effects and that's why, <laughs> you know, especially there. You're like, okay, that's cool. That's definitely him. We talked about the significance of that opening, but that opening is bizarre in the, in the uh, diner. Yeah, the yeah. Friday the 13th diner. Doesn't look just like the one from Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. no. I expect what's your name to walk in. What I owe you. Ah, just a night on the town, Steve, you know. <laughs> Lynn Shea's character. Yeah, Lynn Shea. Boy, she looks good. That's the best she's ever looked on yeah. film. Yeah. Oh, you can't see Dr. Bane. Why not? Because he's invisible. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't see her anymore. No, right? you know. Yeah. It's weird. But I'm becoming more and more convinced that the girl... Frank encounters at the very end in the club is one of the missing patients. I'm becoming more and more convinced of that. I, I don't know why. Why not? Yeah, why not? There's still six patients missing. They reference it. They, t- they, they talk about it. And you know what? She's just, I mean, she could just be drugged out, but she's like, 
she's as nuts as they are. And maybe that's just continuing to, it could be that they're, you know, she's not, and they're just drawing parallels to the thin line that separates, you know, normal from, from crazy because Frank draws parallels to that when he talks to, to Dan about, Oh, you know, we all kill, we all die and, and stuff like that right before the power comes back on. And, and he sees Dr. Merton on the TV and he has that, like that breakdown. And then he just walks out, which I thought was a fantastic scene. Jack Palance is just fantastic in this. Yeah, he is. I really, really, man, there's so much depth to this film. I really think this, I almost feel like this film is super underrated. I really I'll be halfway. I enjoy it when I watch it, but the anticipation of putting it on, I was right. not looking. I did not. I was like, uh, Me I, I didn't want to watch this again. I don't want to watch this again. Yep, it was the last one I watched, and <laughs> I, I haven't watched what? it. I haven't watched it since we reviewed it episode one. I didn't even watch it when we did the 82 show for 22 Shots. I can't be I, mad I at you guys. It. I told you when we reviewed Poltergeist that that's the film that I like. don't always go in a rush to put on, and that was the last one I watched. There you go. See? So yeah. it, it makes sense. Yet I still, you know, obviously love Poltergeist, but I don't know. I just, I, the comedy hits for me. I love uh, Leo when he's uh, talking to the, the crazy guy who thinks he's playing the violin. And it's like, you should put some resin on that bow. There is some good things. And I think this is developing. I don't want to say cult status because it had a fan base, but I think there are more fans coming out of the woodwork now yeah uh, i yeah. definitely hear this being held at higher praise uh definitely in the last five years or so yeah, yeah I think, I think it's good I, I i rate it high i just don't have it let's know again it's not a 10 out of 10 but it's yeah. it, it's it's up there like i kept my same reading from last year like i'm not that high i wish i was but i'm not i'm an eight it's weird i'm an eight, an eight out of ten yeah i, I used to be a 7.5 and i'm down a little bit to a seven I'm continue to go up. I'm at a nine point five. I love this. Wow. Film. Wow, I love this. I had this film. feeling I, it was gonna go higher. I really do. I love it. I mean, I keep listening I keep uh rewinding and listening to the scene where uh where Dan asks uh Leo what he said to Byron when he sets the fire. So oh he, yeah. So, and you know what? And he says that uh you know, that if he doesn't stop it, he's going to, what, like, cut him in half? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to hoist him up and cut him in half, which is the dream he had. And if you go right. back and you listen to the whispers, it sounds like you hear hoist and and cut in half. It sounds like you hear those words. So True. I truly believe that Leo is using these horrifying, like, intimidation tactics to to try and, you know, tame, uh, tame Preacher at that point. So oh, yeah. that's why I feel like he was the first to sort of, like uh, – lose faith and why he's the one who ultimately cuts Leo and probably kills him because you do never see what happens to Donald Pleasant's body. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I just, I don't know. It's it's another one that could use a Blu-ray. I mean, the DVD looks great. I'm lucky enough to have it, but you know, it's, you know, if you're looking for a copy, they sell them for like 70 bucks now. It's ridiculous. Oof, man. You're selling yours for 80. I'm not selling (laughs) mine. I love it that much. Nice. I got it too. I'm not selling it. All right. So, are we moving on to another one? Yeah, let's do it. We got three no. left. Let's Done. pick a number between one and three. It's your turn, right? Grimsby? I, I can't really pick because I, I see them two. now. Okay, yeah. there we go. Number two. And we're finally at your pick, Christian. 1982's The Sender. Which Return was... the Sender. <laughs> I was going to say, sing it, Dave. <laughs> 
So I'm glad you picked because this was my like second pick after Incubus, and it's uh, a disturbed telepathic man is unable to fully control his ability tr- to transmit his dreams and visions into the minds of the people around him or even influence reality. A female therapist tries to help him, but his mother gets in the way. We all rented this on YouTube. I, I got to tell you, the transfer was great. The movie looks fucking great. The acting in this movie is fucking great. There, the, I, the cinematography again. I just, I love the night shots. I love the backlighting. It just looks good. Like, it's a little slow. It, it, yeah. And the movie's not really a big movie. It's kind of a small movie, because yeah. like, but it plays out really well. And there's some great scenes in it. Yeah, some really creepy scenes too. Yeah. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like, I, this was this was actually my last movie. I didn't watch Lone in the Dark last. I watched this one last because I rented it last night. And I started dozing off, but that was not because of, well, maybe it was because of the movie, but it was also because I had a really busy, crazy day. And I ended up having, I woke up and I I watched the last half hour again because um, I just wanted to make sure that I understood everything. Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. You uh, just uh, I was gonna say I'm glad because I kind of held my breath when you were like describing everything, being like, "Oh, this is great," and this is and this, and then you said the acting, and I'm so glad you said it's great because I mean, the the star of the film, I, I'm I, he's been around for so long. This was actually his first film, but uh, I'm gonna butcher his name though. But it's uh, I think it's a uh, Yakov Smirnov, Zelko Ivanik. Close, okay. He's um. He's an absolutely fantastic actor. He's on a TV show that I've been watching for the last like six, seven seasons now, and he's uh, he's been around for a long time, and he's always great. And uh, you know, it was it was funny the first time I saw him to see him as a kid. I never like he's always he's, he looks like a little old man now. So it's yeah. this was it was great to see him in this first role, and he's he's terrific. And then of course Shirley Knight plays the mother, and there's just some some really good acting in here. I want to get Dave's take on this because I, I I thought Dave would think this was a little slow and he was confused by the ending. I will tell you my last sentence again, <laughs> and that word is going to be in there. However, don't completely understand once again, but a little more meat on the bone. That's what I'm saying. So I want to go back. I, I Just in the discussions this evening, the movies that are first-time watches – which is probably about half of them, it seems. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but uh, this is the one that, and I, I never realized until I, I, I'm talking about it, and even though we've just begun to discuss it, I, I want to go back and watch this more than the, any other one for a second time watch. I'm cur- I, I think I can make the most sense out of this. And I, like I said, there's more meat on the bone here. There, there's more that I, I didn't get, but I know it's there, and I know it's not going to be that difficult for me to pull it off. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I want to go back. I, I enjoyed it. Yes, it was kind of slow, but I was into the characters, and I was into the story enough. It's so. a, it's pretty classy. It's actually a classy, well-made movie. You, it, I'm shocked yeah. to find out that this guy went to direct Battleship Earth or Battlefield Earth, which was like <laughs> a freaking train wreck of a movie. Did he? He did yeah. Battlefield Earth? Holy shit. Yeah, Roger Christian, man. Uh, he, but this... Damn. This has like some Belloc is in it. We were making jokes about we saw Belloc earlier. Uh, Blow a head okay. explosion, full head explosion. Or <laughs> he's in this. Uh, but the it, so there's a lot of dream imagery that tends to become reality, and he forces dream imagery so people seem to think 
they're seeing things and things are happening, but they're not. It's something yeah. that he can't control. And because he's in such a like a, a state of, uh, of of shock and pain and 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 confusement, it it, it always comes across as, as nightmares. So it's everyone's worst nightmare coming true. You know, you got the one patient who thinks he's still in Vietnam. You got the uh, you know the other guy who thinks he's Jesus and his head's gonna fall off, and everybody's screaming. And uh, but I like that they present this John Doe character because we we never we never actually learn his name, do we? No, it's called the Sender. I think ever. That's it. And, yeah. And no, we're but, introduced. But he, oh yeah. So he's John saying, Doe. He, yeah. He, but he's John Doe in this because John Doe forty eight or something. John Doe. <laughs> or ninety eight, yeah. whatever the hell he is. Eighty two. How's it? <laughs> but he's not presented as a hero or a villain. He's he's trying to kill himself because he he doesn't yes. want to hurt anyone. What an opening but, scene. He wakes up. Oh. And he yeah. puts a couple of rocks like I like the boy. Brandon's favorite movie from a couple years ago. Throws a little, <laughs> few right. rocks into his pocket. Yep. Heads into the waters to go see worthy. But I love the way that you know, <laughs> Doctor Farmer, the way she, the way she kind of connects with him because she even makes the point of saying, you know, you could have just jumped off a bridge. So, right. so in a way, you know, he is this kid who is looking for help, looking for answers because he, he doesn't know. He has no memory of what happened, where he came from, what his name is. He just remembers that he lives with his mother. I'll say when he's heading to the the water. There's a shot in the background of a woman getting up because everybody's looking on in awe. No and one's stopping this there. guy. And then yeah, she's not it's, there. It, it, it's, a sh- it's a distracting cut because she runs there. up to grab yep. the kid and then they cut it's, to a faraway shot and it's nowhere to be found. I thought the same thing and I never see stuff like that. That was like, I was wow. like that was really distracting. I saw that. Yeah, because they make such like you're you're thinking at first she's running up to stop him maybe, but she runs up to grab a kid in the background, cut yeah. away, boom. There's going to be some spoilers here. This movie is from 82 because I want to make sure that I'm even understanding it right. And I'm saying this because I, all I did fall asleep, I went back and I, I watched it. So we're getting the idea that he killed his mother because she kept him at bay, wouldn't let him, kept him trapped there to try to contain him. She, he killed her with the gas or whatever and left. And, we're, and now we're seeing him wake up from that. And he's sort of gone into a state of amnesia tries to kill himself, comes to this hospital, and now we're trying to we unravel the story. Oh, yeah, thank they you. they were okay. they were they were supposed to die together. And oh, he, really? And yes. he didn't, which is why his eyes are all He chickened out? He yeah, for whatever reason he survived and uh and and the the ghost of his mother is trying to get him to come back and 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 finish the job. Wow. Oh, see? There you go. Now I get you. Okay. I knew it was more meat on the bone here. But he okay. does try to slit. He does try to attempt suicide again, which is in a great sequence where the 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 mirrors are shattering and bleeding. And oh, I blood. love that! Sh- yeah, yes. and then bloody mirror. <laughs> yeah, and then you. But there, but they, there's a reason for it. Like it's a cracking of the skin and blood, and then you realize he's trying to slit his wrists. That okay. electroshock scene. Oh, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Best when he turns that machine on and everyone Dude. starts flying. Yes. It's- Freaky as hell. Oh, I wish it was more of that, but that was the best best scene of the film. Oh, it was great. But I love the fact that in these in these dream sequences that are having effects on everyone, and they're even scaring Dr. Farmer at some points. You know, she sees, you know, whether it's the mice or the cockroaches, but he he is without even realizing it, leaving her clues. You know, whether it be the license plate with the the Luke passage or 
1963 or yeah. just phone numbers like written on the boards within these dreams. So he, he is reaching out for help for her, even in in the most you know horrible times when he's having these these horrible dreams that are just affecting everyone. But wait a minute. How come only she could see the mother? Is he sending her his dreams? Yeah, just her? yeah. She's the receiver. He's the sender. Yes. Yeah. And she and and she doesn't realize that for for the longest time. And we don't realize that for the longest time that that the mother is 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 part of, you know, John Doe's dreams. Well, I knew something was up with her. Oh my god, I knew that one scene when she was talking and then she turned around, she was she she grabbed a phone and then you couldn't see the behind her. I'm thinking when she turns around, she's gonna be gone. Sure enough. I didn't know the end game, but I knew you know what I kept thinking of, honestly. And this this predates it, of course, but I kept thinking of Nightmare on Elm Street three, the the Dream Warrior scenario. I kept thinking of the dreams, them being at a hospital, and this woman being the mother, almost like uh, Amanda Kruger. Yeah, no, it, 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 I felt the same thing. It's almost like there's a bit of a lift. Maybe you never know. Yeah, I, you know, I like that comparison. I didn't think of that, but I like that. No, I was just going to talk about another scene that really kind of freaks me out. Is you know the the guy who also thinks he's uh, Jesus. <laughs> right. Oh, that that you know that that nightmare sequence and the sequence in the room with the TV playing the story of John Doe over and over, and then he knocks uh, Jesus' head, head off. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know the other doctor when it comes out of it, the other doctor's in it. It's like I swear his head was off. Is like, oh my god, it was really like unsettling. It's really nightmarish this film. Well, even when she's talking to the mom on the phone, and the kettle's is kettle's boiling, but it's not whistling. I thought that was kind of cool, too, because I thought that added to the whole nightmarish vision, too. Like, if that kettle's on there boiling, it should be whistling. And then she takes it off, and, and it's not even lit. Is that where whistle while you work comes from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try, folks, sorry. but... I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> I didn't make the connection, but now that you said I, that... I, I'm pretty sure that that's exactly it. Like she was talking and she says, look, I've got water boiling. Can I call you back? And of course there's no way to call her back. So she gets it. She's gone. She's disconnected. She hangs up the phone and she's taking, I'm like, why is there no whistle? I didn't even think of that, but I like that. Wow. And yeah, that's good. And I'll tell you, like, I was very impressed with how good high def looked on YouTube. And I was telling you guys in the messenger, I was like, I, when you watch movies on YouTube, I've never paid for a movie on YouTube before. Uh, not the messenger. Yeah, <laughs> the center, yeah, and you're the receiver. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I expected it to look a little, a little bit better than what I'm used to seeing on YouTube. But for whatever reason, I was still, I wasn't expecting the same quality I get on a Netflix or, or, or a Prime or anything like that as I got on YouTube. And if anyone's having second thoughts, do it because I, I spent the whatever three bucks to get the movie I got on YouTube, and in high def, and it looked great. Uh, I was, you know, quite surprised by that. And the subtitles are different. If you ever use subtitles on YouTube, the regular ones, they're oh, terrible. Oh my God! They're yeah, they're they're Oof. never. They're, it's like a lunatic did them. Right, and, and they're like <laughs> they go so slow. It's like it's like each letter is being typed out. <laughs> You're watching it. It's freaking terrible. But these are done professionally, the same way it's done with any other streaming service. So if anyone's on the fence, don't be. What else is there to say? I enjoyed it. It's, I, a, it's a strong recommend for me. I, really I I'm looking forward to checking it out again. I, I I don't I don't know if I came in super high, but I have a seven point five. Boom. Me too. Me too. Same Just thing. 7.5. Very good. 
very good, but I'd, I'd have to like watch it again to see if it goes into that great category. Um, I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want people to think like we're just doing this on purpose. But that's exactly where I am as well. <laughs> it, it it is right there. That's that's where it belongs, and I I love the way it ends. I think it's uh yeah, it's cool. I think I think it's a really cool ending. I'll just leave. I it wish at that. I wish they didn't do the freeze frame. The old <laughs> that's the only thing I like the ending. The TV version. I thing? hate the freeze frame. <laughs> it's like admittedly. a TV movie. Yeah, I'd rather right. than just driven out of the frame. True. Done. Yep. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with that. How about that one scene? Information, 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 oh, information. Yeah. You have that TV. Oh my god! And that just went on for an uncomfortably long time. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. It wasn't supposed to me, but I got a kick out of it. Okay, we got two more. Let's knock out Blood Song. Blood Song. We'll do it because we want Tenebrae to be the main event. And you know what? I'll tell you what. Blood Song was my least favorite movie of the night. Bum, ba, da, bum, bum, bum. I think it was mine too. Let's look at the rating, but I'm going by the ratings. It was not my yes. least favorite of the night. <laughs> oh, it was for me. A psychopath escapes from a mental institution and starts a murder spree, which ends in the pursuing of a young handicapped girl who once got a blood transfusion from him. <laughs> Indeed. Frankie Avalon. He was yeah. a killer. I'll give him that. Frankie Avalon. Made he a was a real Annette case. I'll be honest. The, uh, <laughs> this was very generic to me. This just played out very generic. And, and Frank, Frank Avalon brought a little bit of character to it, but even that got a little uh, old fast. You know, I th- you know what the alternate title to this film was, right? I like to play my daddy's flute. Probably, it's probably a better title than blood fucking song. No, I mean the way he said, my daddy, my daddy made that flute for me. I was like, oh god, this oh, is yeah. crazy. my daddy, my daddy, my daddy. How about the the music? Did it remind you guys a little bit of an NES game, a Nintendo? Oh, especially for the time. Yeah, it sounded like a Nintendo game, but played uh, without regular instruments. You How about that? that 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 song and bird montage in the middle? Like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got it here. You guys talk. I'm gonna find it. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, there's uh, there's uh, this is the only one I did a line of dialogue from, in response to saying that she's having nightmares about a guy killing people. Her boyfriend goes, "You're crazy." She's like, "Don't say that." He goes, "I was only kidding." Now give me a kiss. <laughs> Here's the song. So the girl's walking on the beach. After what happened, I don't know what bad things are going on in her life, and people are dying, and she's walking on the beach, and this is what's playing. (laughs) This is a slasher. Hear the birds? (laughs) Okay. You get the picture. Dude, I was, I was pissing my father off because I was watching this with him. I was singing the, the words because they were popping up on the uh, on the uh, subtitles before the next line came out. So I was singing that to the top of my lungs. He's like, would you shut the fuck up? Oh, I don't blame your dad. So let's, let's uh, bottom line this. There was a blood transfusion. This girl got a blood transfusion. There was an accident. Is that why she got it with the wheelchair? Where, where the hell was that explained? Other no, than yeah, IMDb. She, was, she was in a car accident where the father was driving. He was driving drunk. They were in a car accident. Right. She, she right. got and hurt. He blamed himself. He did a blood transfusion. In the beginning of the movie, there's a murder-suicide and yeah. a boy playing a flute. So this guy, this boy survived because they didn't kill him. And his father killed his mother, then killed himself. And this little boy ends up going to an asylum. He donates some blood. 
This girl has an accident, blood transfusion. She is now seeing his deeds, and she's inherited his his whatever because she has his blood. Very Some simple. shitty optical effects work. Where oh, they, I didn't they, think it was they shitty. Jump I into a ride. I actually kind of like that. I did too. I enjoyed it. The little spiral thing going. Yeah, I, I made a note of that intentionally. Like, oh, I like that. Here's yeah. another dialogue scene from the end. Cool of the movie. camera trick. I said. <laughs> Go ahead. This is pretty much all the dialogue at the end of the movie. Marion. Marion. <laughs> Marion. <laughs> I actually wrote a line of dialogue that was happening between, I believe, I don't know if it was the police or something, but at one point somebody says, yeah, he, you know, he was from the state hospital. And somebody's like, you mean the loony bin? <laughs> <laughs> like, usually somebody says the loony bin, like, you mean the state hospital. But no, this was the reverse. And I was like, oh, that's correct, true. He corrected them <laughs> from saying the state hospital. And he went, you mean the loony bin? <laughs> Yeah, they're like trying to be PC, but it's the opposite. Yeah, it was the exact opposite, which I thought was funny. I don't know. I I, I enjoyed it. Frankie Avalon was like really bad, uh, but funny. Just, and he he was bad. He just like I I don't know. Like it just it didn't work because the character he he had too much dialogue. You just flip it uh for no reason when he wanted to, and it's stupid flute and. He was like, like being able to 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 get women one time, and then he was batshit crazy the next minute, and there was no rhyme or reason. So I guess that could be a plus for some people, but not for me. I and you know what? I again, maybe the quality affected my enjoyment of this. I again had to watch this on YouTube, and it wasn't the best yep. quality. I will tell you that, watchable but barely. Right. <laughs> I'm with you. And Luca Brasi was in this movie. Too, Luca Brasi. My dad, I noticed my dad it. knows him. <laughs> right away, as soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm thinking these Don Corleone. I was, fucking, yeah, I was like, that's Luca Brasi. Sure enough, I looked it up. It's him. Yep. Yeah. Well, didn't you hear at the end? He said, Frank, leave the flute. Take the cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That end with the frickin' toe the lift. Uh, the, no, the sawmill was a fantastic set for the end. Agreed. They yeah. should have. They they didn't really use it to its full advantage because then they suddenly got him on a tow lift, and then they yeah. or whatever a forklift, and then he falls into the water, and the then they fish lift? out. It's going to be when I stuff stuff your asshole. In a second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're the toes here. Yeah. I could get four in, or one of Belial's thumbs. They're all like my big Marion. ones. Marion, you really hurt me. Yeah. His acting was like, I, I don't know why it wasn't bothering me. And then my dad's like, his acting's terrible. I'm like, it kind of is. How, really... did, how did you do the old switcheroo with the other guy at the end? The old switcheroo. Yes, he did. I just appreciated the cheesiness of it. I don't know. I, I kind of oh. liked it. I will never I watch okay. this again. Yeah, I, I like that they switched the bodies. I like that they wound up at the place where the father works. So she knew that guy, Bill. And so, cause she even calls his name and I'm like, wait, how did she know Bill? And then I'm like, oh wait, that's, that's where the father works. And then he obviously switches the body. So it looks like Bill's the killer. Couple yeah. good kills, couple good kills with the hatchet, you know? Yeah. You know what? Where did that hatchet come from? Cause he, he pulls it out and kills the, uh, the, the van driver. Like where, where <laughs> did he have that? At first I thought he hit him with a stick and I'm like, how did he fucking stick, put a stick in this guy's brain? <laughs> stick. <laughs> Well, that's what I thought. I'm like, where did he get a stick like this? Little sharp sticks. He whittled that's, it. That's my daddy's <laughs> Don't touch that. <laughs> Do you guys notice that one kid, he looked just like a teenage version of Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch? What? <laughs> no, I don't even know who Cousin Oliver Remember Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch? No. Oh, okay. Forget you then. Fine. You don't want to know. 
I thought everybody knew about Cousin Oliver. He was that little blonde-haired kid that came on toward the last few seasons. He was their cousin. He had that bowl cut with the blonde hair. Uh, so this oh. is Joey? Whatever his name was. And all I'm saying is this kid looked like a teenage version of him. But maybe it is him. Who knows? Well, whatever. How about when she's, like, she's, I don't know, she's walking on the beach, and then all of a sudden she's in, like, a park, right? Where she sees him burying the body yeah. by the van? She's in, oh, like, yeah. a, it looks like a public park where you would take your kids, right? I guess so. Then she's running away, and she runs into three of her friends who all have rifles. Why are they hunting in the park? <laughs> it's like there's kids on swing sets, and these kids are hunting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a different time. <laughs> I love it. And then he buries garbage. Yes. Why? For a joke? Yeah. Well, I think he she's was going to dump back the body. Yeah. He was going to dump the body there, but she saw it. So he pulled it, and then he dumps the body in the uh, dumpster, because then they find it later on. They find the girl's severed head, the one who... Uh, who he wanted to take to, uh, I don't know where he wanted to take her, to San Francisco, and then, then maybe we'll go here, and then we'll go here, and then like, like, dude, we just met. You're a nutcase. I can't go. Plus, I can feel for her. stupid fucking flute. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> do you like my music? Not as much as you do. <laughs> but I liked her. I, I did feel for her. I'll say that. You know, I felt bad later on because it was kind of like the boy who cried wolf because now she's being chased by this guy, and nobody believes her. And it wasn't her fault, but I had no emotions really. F- oh, I like Marion. I was I was rooting for Marion. Nothing. I liked her. She was okay. Uh, again, I'm probably not going to in any hurry to watch this movie again. But whatever, you could do worse. I mean, oh, of course, of course. But this was generic as generic can be. I again, maybe I would watch it only if I got a good, better copy. Maybe that yeah, would be I, the reason I'd watch it again. It's to I see if too. the better copy made a difference. I'm, I'm with you. Yes. A better copy would I'd be compelled to check it out once more. Five out of ten, right in the it's it, it's generic. Five point five. I'll go a little higher. Five point seven five. I wrote one line of dialogue. <laughs> I, I love that this is the one we got the dialogue from. I know all the movies. <laughs> it's the sheriff said it, I, but this was the only this was the line, and this is what he said, and this is where it's at. I want this little dick. <laughs> That's all he said. Of course, your ears oh. perked up for that. My ears right? perked up, and I wrote that down. I'm like, me too. Me? <laughs> and then he said, I'm the receiver. Yeah. <laughs> Are you the sender? <laughs> I watched the sender, and then I watched this back to back, and I got a massive erection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, boys. You want to play the skin flute? Yeah, I think we could do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk Canabre. about it. Our last film. From 1982. I think we all spoke very highly of this. Sorry, you see the, the synopsis before I shoot my mouth off. Yeah, an American writer in Rome is stalked by a serial killer bent on harassing him while killing all people associated with his work on his latest book. And this is Dario Argento's Tenebrae. And, uh, I mean, to... anyone anyone who's listened to the 22 shots, top 10 of 82, knows where, where I stand on this movie. So they're not going to be surprised where I come in, but, uh. Let's hear from you guys. <laughs> oh, I, I blew my wad there on that show too. This is this is becoming one of my favorite Argentos. I I've always put Opera, Suspiria, and uh, probably Deep Red above it. And that's it. That's it for me. One, two, three, and this is four. Yeah. Yes. I, no, I think that this is now. This might be two for Ooh, me. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I nice. I really dig this movie. I love. I, I mentioned I love that scene that takes place in the daytime with uh, John Saxon's character. 
the yes, daytime scene. Yes, his kill in broad daylight. Oh, yeah. the kill. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his agent's kill in, in broad daylight. And yes. It, oh, every kill is great in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every, every kill is, is, is fantastic. Yeah. Brutally They're, beautiful. Uh, yeah, isn't that? It, it's like horrifying, but yet it's like. It's gorgeous at the same time. It's like it's horrible to say. It almost is like uh, you know they talk about the the uh, the talk show personality Bertie talks about Peter Neal's book being uh, you know sexist, or the other woman talks about it being sexist, and the film itself is kind of like that. All the subtext and the whole thing about sexism and art, yeah, is perfect. It's yeah. it's. It's you reflective know? of his films, almost. Yes, a hundred percent. He he does it here. He talks about it a lot in here. He plays a little bit with it. Well, we've talked about that when we talked about opera. Opera, yeah. I think you it's his, his response to critics. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, he said that this is art, and yeah. So I dig that. That's what he does right: the subtext and the freaking kills, and of course, the brilliant freaking tracking shot. Which is one of the best things put on, on, on a horror film. Out, from from window house. to window the over, yeah, the, yeah. over the roof to the other window. Yeah. Incredible. The wow. Les- the lesbian tracking shot. One of my Yes. Favorites. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, I can show that scene to anyone, horror fan or not. Come here. Look at this. Just Come take two minutes out of your time. Watch this scene. Come here. Sit down. You know what I mean? Brilliant. Brilliant freaking shot. And then the best freaking double murder. Um, since Suspiria, I suppose. Cause, I mean, he he can do double murders great. He pulls it off. You know, the, the mystery is good. Every time I watch the movie, I kind of forget. I get a little bit weird at the end. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So this happened, and then this happened. And that's something that our general does play around with in, in future movies after this one. With um, I don't want to really give it away, but uh, a little killer switcheroo. Yeah, which is, which is fine with me, given... Um... Who it switches from and to, you know, so I, I'm completely fine with it. It makes complete sense. The one thing that I know JP brought up is h- how does the girl who's being chased by the dog wind up at the killer's house? Isn't that a little convenient? Yes. <laughs> yes. But like, whatever, like who cares? Who cares for the sake of storytelling that that's exactly really, it's it, common. Yeah. It's not, it's not insanely out of the realm of possibility, but it's, uh, you know, it's a little far-fetched, but that do- I love that Italian. dog scene. Did you oh, that dog scene's amazing. You notice My the daughter last- loves it, too. <laughs> you notice the last part of the attack? I don't know, if- and I have the uh, the Blu-ray, but the last part of the attack, right at the door before she goes inside, it doesn't look like it's sped up. Like, the dog, it- like, charges yes. at a really, isn't it? It does look it. I don't think it is, but <laughs> it does look it. I love that when that dog just keeps hopping the fence. That dog is awesome. That dog is awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> it's great, man. <laughs> oh, How about man. that guy in the beginning when he's teasing the one girl and he, he calls her a pixie? You pixie? You bitch? <laughs> Why would he call her a pixie? <laughs> That's great. And the, and the shoplifting girl in the beginning, I'm like, uh, hey, now, that guy got a good deal. Cause, oh, hell yeah. Man, every got to get away with it. Man, this... <laughs> So many stunning women in this movie. Oh, that, I was, that's sure? what I was bringing up. I, I was trying oh to my God. get her name, Every, but yeah. Everybody is just so fucking gorgeous. Yeah, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I brought it up when we when we talked about it on 22 Shots, but you know the, the flashback of I, – I won't reveal which character. I'll keep this one a little bit secret in case people haven't seen it. But the flashback of 
the beach scene with the girl who eventually is killed in the red heels. Mm-hmm. I, I've always said from day one, I'm like, wow, even she, she's stunning. You know, she, and right. I learned later on that she I was know. actually born a man. I heard that. And you know what? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. She's gorgeous. <laughs> she is. I know. It's she crazy. Is, like, it's crazy. Yes. yes. <laughs> is, is, that, like, is, it, is that a fact that she was born a man? Yeah. I mean, from all the research uh, I did, it seemed like well, it'd be a weird thing to make up. I mean, <laughs> I hear you. I've been a gorgeous dude. <laughs> yeah. How about the score? Oh my God! This oh, is this boy. is this is I love it. It's, I, I knew you were about it. to say favorite, but then you realize there are some really darn good Argento scores yeah. as well. But I, this I is mean, great. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I that gets like a blow my wad. Now this was my number one film from the '82 show. This you know, and not much has changed. It's right up there as my favorite uh, Argento film. I I usually go with this and and Deep Red is like one two. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, Suspiria is right there. And since we've done it, probably Opera would be, like, right there in that 3-4 area also. We're kind of all, we, we kind of all had the same top four, just in different order, yeah. I guess. But, yeah. I mean, those, <laughs> you know? those are the best films. I like, I mean, top five would probably include uh, Bird as, as, uh, as to round out the top five. And then, you know, all the others are great films, but then they're in that just that A-minus category. Yep. These are all the giallos are, are top notch. I mean, the, the animal trilogy, you know. Yeah, you know, you know what the problem is. Four flies. I, I love seen, four I've, flies. I've only I've only seen it I think twice, and uh, I, I don't think I've seen a, a good quality transfer. That's one that really needs a release already, because yeah. all his films have come out in like these hundred dollar steelbook editions, and I have them. I've I've spent ridiculous money on some of these steelbooks, but I love these films and. Yeah, I, I really need to see four flies on gray velvet get the, no doubt get the treatment. It's my favorite of the animal. And one, speaking of, of treatment, Poltergeist desperately needs a special edition, a 4K, a fucking treatment with documentaries. All they have is the stupid ass Warner Brothers bare bones. Warner Dude, Brothers every, sucks. Every time we, mm. I mean, it's only the second time, but every time I go to watch Poltergeist, I, I go to look for it in my collection, and I realize that I only have two and three. And I'm like, why the fuck don't I have one? And then I realized, like, it's never had a decent release. It's fine. I, it's just a bare bones Blu-ray. Yeah, it need, yeah. Why? Why hasn't that been put out? It's like, because uh, it's Warner you know, Brothers. Why yeah. isn't The Shining yet? It's finally gonna happen. But yeah. Anyway, we, we got sidetracked. I, I just wanted to throw that out there. See, what were you gonna say? I forgot. Oh, the, the switcheroo. <laughs> uh, him head faking. The, I guess it's a head fake for the audience. Him giving himself the old smasheroo on the head. Yeah. Is that a cheat? I would have liked to have seen. F- seen it kind of play out in Gianni's mind when he pieces it together because he kind of, I would have liked to have seen it all play out in his head because he doesn't fully put it together, but he puts, he puts what Bertie's saying together, meaning there was someone else there, but, uh, it, it, I can't make sense of it in terms of like how it played out, but I, I don't think it's a cheat. I think there's a way I'm just not smart enough to think of it. And I just, cause it all happened so fast. That ax murder at the end. Oh, my God! Painting oh. the town red, <laughs> and, oh, it's amazing. and then and then the reveal of him standing right behind. I know, I know, it, it couldn't really probably play out quite that way, but cinematically, it looks great. It's great. I love it's, it. It's I love the I love the fake blade with the squirting blood. Oh yeah, that switcheroo. Yeah, yeah I love. Uh, 
I love the, the, the extreme end with the uh, with the yes. sculpture, and I just love uh, the screaming, Darius screaming, and then just yeah. that fucking epic score kicking in, and that's just like goosebumps every time. It's just like perfect film. Yes, it's fantastic. One quick side note before we rate it: the spelling. If you look up the movie, yeah, on on the B or somebody's else, it's it's T E N E B R A E. Yeah. Okay. Look at the movie poster. It's T E N. E B R E. Yeah. If you look, if you watch the movie, it's T E N E B R E on the title card. But when you look at the book that's being opened in the beginning, it's B R A E. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. You, very. I noticed that too when I was going through the pictures. Yeah. You know what though? If crazy. you spell it with the A E at the end, that's technically a correct spelling for the word. If you put just the E on the end, it'll mark it as misspelled. Wow. Because tenebrae with the A E is a word. Yeah, and, and the book says A-E, but the spelling of the film. Yeah. And on the actual film itself, when you're watching it, says B-R-E. Yeah. So it's it's freaking, every time I watch it, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, they <laughs> the show you the book and then but, the title card like two seconds later. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And this was Unsane, as we were talking about. Unsane. On uh, the mm-hmm. cut uh, original American release. Yeah, this is Unsane. Creepers was Phenomena. Yep, absolutely. Shallow, shallow blue became deep red. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we rate this sucker? Ten out of ten. Wow, and I'm nine, nine point five. Nine. So I'm nine. Oh, I came in the lowest. Wow, I came in the lowest with a nine out of ten. Ain't that hey, some shit? It's hey. still in the Hall I'm nine point five. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So we got Hall two. We got two Hall of Famers, and you know what? They're they're two that obviously deserve it. Absolutely, they certainly do. Okay, can we do our top five and get out of here? That's yeah, let's let's do it. Go ahead. Number five, Alone in the Dark. Number four, Basket Case. Number three, Amityville Two. Number two, Poltergeist. Number one, Tenebrae. Oh, you're just doing the movies we covered. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought we were doing. <laughs> I even asked Dave this question before because he made, he's like, no, do all of 1982. <laughs> yeah, the, the same way we did it on the 81 show and the 2007 show. It's all right. Let's not do it because you got to look them up. up. You're then. not going to have time. I've got them. Okay. No, I've got them right here. Maybe you mine? Yeah, I was just going to say, I can go mine. <laughs> go ahead, B. All right, number five, Poltergeist. Number four, Alone in the Dark. Number three, The Thing. Number two, Halloween three. And number one, Tenebrae. Nice. Okay, here is my five, although it's really a tie. <laughs> I was going to say, these are all nine and a half tens for me, so you, I could interchange any of these. I don't well, really, honestly, okay. Also good. <laughs> I'll go Desert Island. I gotta take Amityville two with me. So Amityville two is number five. Halloween three is number four, and these big three on the top that are all ten out of tens for me. <laughs> Poltergeist, and then Creepshow, and then the thing. Wow, look at this. Because I, I, my ratings had changed slightly, so I had screwed this up. Wow, this actually changes a little bit. Okay, perfect. Number five, Amityville two. Number four, <laughs> Creep Show. Number three, Poltergeist. Number two, Tenebrae. And number one, The Thing. The Sender. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Are you getting annoyed that I keep doing yeah. that? I can't, I can't see your face. I know I'm having like, yeah, nice. Oh my God, look how annoyed you <laughs> Well, that's that. He, we, we got it out. We're good. We made it. We made the show. We got out on time. We had a blast. Next show is going to be a non-horror, well, Three movies are going to be from Fulci that aren't horror movies. And a couple of triple R's that will be horror movies. So that'll be show 83. 84, we will talk about the thing among the other Carpenter Apocalypse trilogy. So that is it. Christine, thank you very much. We hope that you enjoyed the show. We hope all of you enjoyed the show. We love you guys. And 
we got to go. We got to get out of here. So hope you enjoyed this marathon show, and we'll see you next time on Exploding Ed's Horror Movie Podcast. See you. Hey.